Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Yeah. Real Vets Podcast. We have a really special guest with us tonight. Super special. Super awesome dude. CEO of Keller Williams East Foothills. My name's Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Way to start it. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Eric Ty, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, bro. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Yeah. Thank Ah. you for the invite. Mm Mm-hmm. So, as you guys know, I am Nate Shermer, and to my right, we have the CEO of Tip of the Spear Real Estate Team. Sure. Here I am in the flesh. Brian <laughs> Big Dog Britain. Yep. All right, all right. So, and, yeah, stoked you came, dude. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here with us. I think yeah. we've got a lot, of, a lot of good stuff that we can talk about, a lot of good shit to cover, and hopefully be able to provide some good value to people with this one. Hell yeah. So, uh, Eric... <clears throat> Where'd you come from? How'd you get it to where you are now? Um, give us an idea of what you do, you know, uh, as the CEO of KWE San Diego Foothills. Let's hear your story, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> I'll start off with uh, where I'm from. Uh, I'm rooted from Hong Kong uh, when it was still under British rule. Uh, so I actually, funny story for you guys. That's is, why uh, you speak such good English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an American accent. Right. <laughs> so <clears throat> I actually came over to the States when I was four. And uh, came over, surprisingly, with a British passport because uh, Hong Kong, yeah, there was a treaty made between China and England um, and the British uh, that financially, if China wanted uh, their help, that they would go ahead and basically hand over Hong Kong to be ruled by the Brits Mm -hmm. uh, for 100 years. So during that 100 years, uh, I was born. And... uh, and so, yeah, I can actually go home and, and take a picture and send it to you guys. It's a British passport with, you know, this uh, this citizen is protected by the queen, all of that. So it's pretty crazy. So is it, is oh, any of yeah. it in Chinese or is it all in English? It's all in English. No shit. It's, it's literally the passport of England. That's fucking from dope, back in the dude. Day. Yeah. So did you, like, grow up speaking English because of that? Or? Uh, well, when I came over, I was four, so I didn't really know how to speak anything. <laughs> <laughs> came over, I, I knew, obviously, my, my Cantonese, but, you know, speaking Cantonese as a four-year-old. Mm. But went into kindergarten and uh, within the first year, obviously, picked up the language. <clears throat> sure. Uh, been here ever since. So business-wise, uh, I uh, started in the industry back in 2009. Uh, in Carlsbad when I was working for a debt settlement company and the owner of that debt settlement company's name was John Lee uh, three weeks into that position he came in and fired everybody and said I'm shutting this whole operation down uh, oh my I actually God. just sold this business to a bigger entity and uh, so good luck to everybody you're all fired goodbye yeah, yeah. holy three shit. weeks into the position Jeez. so I'm like I haven't even done like my 30-day review yet and uh, <laughs> he's coming in firing everybody. Damn. So then he pulled me aside. He was like, hey, Eric, you know. You must you... have done something, right? Holy shit. <laughs> you there, there for three weeks and you already yeah. got the whole business yeah. shut down? <laughs> exactly. So he pulls me aside and he's like, hey, you know, I, I listened to a lot of the recorded phone calls on the customer service side because I was a customer service rep at the uh, ripe young age of 22. And he's like, you know, you're, you're a sales guy. You're not a customer service guy. What have you tell me about your past? What have you done? So I, I told him about, you know, selling credit card terminals to rainbow vacuums, all of that. And he's like, oh, that's great because I'm opening up a mortgage company and it's going to open the doors for business in a couple of months. Wanted to see if you'd be interested in becoming our first loan officer. Whoa. So <clears throat> literally after fucking after working there for three weeks uh, yeah. for the guy. Yeah. Did, I make an impression where I guess. <laughs> goddamn, were you the only one that he brought from the company or? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my um, god, yeah. dude. I mean, it was a smaller company. Employee number was like 15 total. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't like, a big company. But So of all the people he had there for years, he's like, screw these fools. It's me and you. Yeah. Damn, yeah, that's dope. They were all customer <laughs> service people. Yeah. So um, he pulled me uh, to BlueFi Direct Mortgage back in 2009. We opened up the doors for business back in April of 2009 um, <clears throat> while my uh, wife at the time was still pregnant with my daughter. Uh, and so I was kind of like just in this business-minded, money-making mode uh, just because I knew I had a, a little one that was on its way. And so uh, just really dove into it, not knowing a thing about mortgages. Uh, every phone call that I took, I if it was a term that I didn't know, I'd literally have to put them on hold and ask around and be like, hey, you know, do you guys know what an adjustable rate mortgage is? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I learned as I went. But within a year, we, we rose through the ranks to become the, uh, the number one mortgage company in Carlsbad. Damn. Uh, and what's funny is that uh, that was 2009. Loan Depot didn't come around until 2010. So when, uh, when we were just kind of opening up the doors for business, we, we did a ton of loans. I was putting up like 40 loans a month on the board mm-hmm. uh, and funding out about 20 to 30 loans uh, nice. a month, but in a call center environment. So I'm not making 20 to 30 loans type of money. Sure. I'm making call center money. Was it like uh, you were on like a salary type thing or yeah. were you just getting still on commission? or There was an hourly wage and then they paid you per unit. So I could literally put up 20 loans and make $6,000. <laughs> but it was a good learning experience. <laughs> sure, uh, and it That's taught me. Fucking, hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and back then it was you know DU refi pluses, LP open accesses, VA earls, FHA streamlines. That's all we could do because everybody was freaking upside down. Totally. Yeah, I know what two of those are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up uh, banging out a ton of like upside down type products, uh, and then in 2010, Loan Depot came around, mm. and they were the only lender that was able to beat us in rate. Because mm-hmm. we were really aggressive. So when Loan Depot came around, uh, a ton of our people actually left uh, and worked for other co- you know, competitors because they just couldn't match and rate anymore. And they didn't know how to sell service and, and uh, customer you know, uh, experience over sure. rate. Because yep. that's all we were trained to do. Oh, we got the lowest rates. So uh, from there, uh, ended up picking up a position with uh, Hunter Financial Group, uh, went to Arizona for 30 days for training uh, in hopes to open up uh, an office in Carlsbad, went out there for 30 days, and then on our way back, interest rates took a huge dump, uh, just like what we experienced in the last four weeks. Sure. It happened in a week and a half. Ooh. In a week and a half, we saw about, I think it was a three quarters of a percent increase in rates. It went completely bananas. God damn, dude. And so all the people that we were in communication with over the last 30, 60 days that were quoted, you know, like a four and a half percent, we're now looking at over five. So the benefit wasn't there really anymore. Sure. So I left the industry, went into collections, believe it or not. Because uh, I was just kind of desperate. <laughs> you went from giving people money to trying to get money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I uh, went into collections, and uh, that was, that lasted maybe about three months. And I'm pretty sure I told you guys, I actually enlisted in, uh, in the military myself. Oh, I, I, I don't think you did, actually. Yeah. That's new information. No yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What branch? Uh, I enlisted in the Air Force first. That makes uh, sense, yeah. And I didn't tell you the story about buying the, the townhome, and then they disqualified me. No? No. Oh. So it's a funny story, right? I enlisted in the Air Force back in 2011. No, 2010. 
right? Mm-hmm. Right when I went to the collection company, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to the military because I, I just don't have a career anymore. My interest rates skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So uh, enlisted in the Air Force, and then uh, interest rates came back down, and BlueFi wanted me back. So I actually went back to BlueFi, and uh, within the first six months, I was re-promoted to team lead uh, and then managed a, a, a pot of four. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Miguel. Miguel Tadeo that was at Caliber. No. no, he worked for KW for a while. Um, he was actually part of my pod. I've known that guy since like 2011. Oh, cool. But started making really good money because uh, John, the owner, realized that he was really shortchanging us and, and realized that if he wanted to keep his people, then he You gotta got to pay his people, yeah. Yeah, so that's what he did. He revamped the whole comp plan. I started making really good money. Uh, one month I made like 30 grand and was at 20, like 25 years old. I was like, oh my God, I'm rich. Dude, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go buy myself a new car. So, Smart. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it a Tesla? Went on vacation, actually. <laughs> Tesla, did, Tesla didn't exist back then. Uh, but I'm going to pre-order it. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now. 10 years early. <laughs> so I uh, ended up, uh, started making really good money, went on vacation, and then... Uh, uh, I decided to bring a guy from the collection company to work for me. And then we started hitting really big numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went through a divorce. So so going back to the, the military story is I, I actually bought a condo, a, a townhome in 2000, 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, bought it in Oceanside. Really, really nice three-bedroom, two, two and a half bath, 265. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where you still hold that now. <laughs> God knows, man. Yep. So I sold it in 2013 for 299, and then uh, Zillow keeps sending me these updates. Now it's worth over 650. Yeah, it sounds about right. So when I bought that townhome, I uh, went uh, in to sign some more paperwork with the Air Force recruiter, uh, and sh- I got to what's called a debt to income verification. Um, and I'm like looking at this, going, because I know loans, right? I'm like, yep. wait, but you guys do do it. DTI check? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we're the only branch that actually does it. Yeah, Why? of course. And I was going like, say Army didn't do it. No, yeah. that's a that's 100%. That's some Air Force shit. 100%. <laughs> that is some Air Force. That's like, excuse me, but sir, you're not rich enough to join our branch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she was like, uh, why? Why does this concern you? Do you have something that you need to tell me? And I'm like, well, I just bought a house, man. And she's like, wait, what? You bought a house? Well, you don't qualify for us anymore. And Damn. I'm like, what? What? After like seven months being on the waiting list because they told me number one i'm too old i was 20 like three or four at the time and and she said you're too old our the 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 average age of a military person joining us would be like 18 18 sure yeah with no baggage right Right. you're married but you can have a kid i mean nowadays well shit even back when when i was in waivers yeah when i was in i had a guy going through marine corps boot camp with me that was like 34 years old but also this is the marine corps and they were like you seem smart get in here because we don't have those you know (laughs) we don't have those smart people so the (laughs) army was the same way i mean you Mm -hmm. were during the initial push yeah and then i was during the last push in iraq and with with the army because of the last uh, surge in iraq they extended out to 42. i had guys in my boot camp platoon that were 42. that's were they able to make it Oh yeah, Nate was one of them. <laughs> I joined. I joined at 32, and there was two dudes at 42 that made it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I thought you're 32 now. <laughs> right. Nate's a grand old man of real estate. <laughs> but he's no, a, he's the Bob Petridge of 2022. Huh? <laughs> but no, that's. I mean, that's a real thing. Like that when I was, because I was at boot camp in 2002, and it was like 
the initial push had just gone and we we're in two wars all of a sudden yeah. the military was like you have a pulse come on down yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so oh you got a felony yeah it's, it's okay you like to shoot people that. was it was it violent because that's what we're looking for <laughs> <laughs> so she disqualified me and then uh she for said buying a fucking house yeah. that's wild yeah. and Man. she said but don't worry because I got somebody that will talk to you right now. Was it the Marine Corps? Right down to the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> so I listened to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And then I was put on another waiting list. And then I, I started making some really good money. And I ended up telling him, I, I'm not going. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I think back and I'm like, how different would my life be if I actually <clears throat> went? Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't know my daughter like I do now, right? Sure. I, it sucks. But, uh, but yeah. It ended up being a blessing in disguise because uh, made really good money. And then in 2013, went through a really rough divorce. Um, and it's nothing on her. I mean, it's just the name of the game. We sure. usually get screwed pretty bad. So she took uh, half the money, mm-hmm. but I took all the debt. And I Oh, damn. that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we accumulated probably somewhere around $60,000 worth of total debt, credit cards, uh, car loans, and things like that. So I took the sixty thousand, and she walked away with about fifty thousand in cash. So with my fifty thousand, it wasn't enough to even cover the debt. So um, yeah, it was really, really rough Uh, emotionally, mentally. I just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, So I ended up leaving BlueFi, completely left the industry actually for a year, uh, and then went into uh, consumer financing with what was Pacific Marine Credit Union, who's now Frontwave. No shit. Yeah. I have a vehicle loan through Frontwave. Yeah. And. I uh, I had I was actually banking. So when you first you know back then or whatever, um, Pacific Marine is the bank that you get set up with through boot camp. You automatically get exactly. an account, and while you're there, you're getting paid, and all that money just sits in your freaking account. So yeah. after I got out of boot camp, I had like twelve hundred bucks and just thought I was so rich. <laughs> I was like twelve hundred bucks. What's up, motherfuckers? Yeah, game time. Yeah, that's funny, dude. I didn't know that. How funny? Yeah, dude. Consumer financing did a credit card. Uh, personal and auto loans. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a year and then got the itch to get back into mortgages. So ended up leaving Pacific Marine and went to go work for like a mom and pop broker shop uh, in UTC. Did that for three months. Uh, really loved the owner. His name's John Finley. Did not like his wife too much. Um, mm-hmm. His wife was the operations manager and, and just uh, told me to do all sorts of personal mm-hmm. stuff. It wasn't very, very business. So mm-hmm. I got kind of uh, sick of that. Mm-hmm. Told me to, you know, look for party insurance for the party that they were throwing for the weekend. And I'm like, this isn't part of my job description. Like, yeah. I'm Hi, I'm a lender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to open loans and close loans. Like what's going on. So I ended up leaving there. Uh, but before I left, I, I remember going outside cause uh, she had just yelled at me for something. And I was just like, do I really need this? Like I'm, I'm almost 30 years old and sure. I got, you know, some 40 year old yelling at me about how shitty of a person I am. So I uh, went outside and went on Craigslist because that's what we did back then. Went to Craigslist to look for jobs. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and found just this one post that really stuck out to me, right? I looked at like probably 30 of them. And only one really, really seemed interesting to me. Sent a resume to that random Craigslist email. And Meredith Stowers actually reached out to me mm-hmm. from Loan Depot. Or yeah. iMortgage at the time. And she's like, oh, I got this uh, really cool loan officer in Mission Valley that you can support because uh, I had let my license go. And, um, and so I was coming on as an unlicensed um, loan originator assistant. Yeah, an LOA, sure. Yeah. So yeah. I went in there, uh, got a good salary, started supporting him. And then like four months later, he left. 
So for like a good 60 days, I was sitting there not doing anything. <laughs> Literally, it was downloading games on my phone and just playing on my phone. Sweet. Oh, Got real good for at 60 fucking days. Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, buddy. Hit like two, level 250 on Candy Crush. And Fuck I'm like, yeah. dude, I really need a real job now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so what were the games? Uh, candy Crush was definitely one of, of them. Of course, obviously. I think there was like some, um, some like, what was it called? Clash of Clans or some shit. I know that, that was, was big for a little while. That was probably later though, but there was one where like you run around in like a virtual world and like you kill animals to cook them for food and stuff like that. It was like a survival <laughs> game. Awesome. It might have been survival something, but I was really into Pikachu. that. Pikachu. Yeah, so Lone Depot. Yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I mortgage actually paid me to play iPhone games for like sixty days. That was nice of them. Yeah. yeah. Until I actually said, Hey, I'm not doing Jack here. <laughs> Either you give me another loan officer to support, I'm going to have to look at other options. Ended up getting a really, really good offer from a broker uh, to be the closer, opener closer there. He was sending out a bunch of mail pieces for like VA Earls and stuff like that. And he's like, dude, I'm just killing it right now. What's a, what, real quick for listeners, what's a VA, a VA Earl? A VA Earl is basically like, a, if you know what a FHA Streamline is, it's a, a lesser document type loan that you can uh, uh, use to uh, refinance your home. Uh, to get a lower rate, usually. A VA Earl stands for, uh, uh, obviously, Veteran Affairs Interest Rate Reduction uh, Refinance Loan. Yeah, loan. Refinance yeah. Loan. yeah. If there's three R's in there. I can, I can only remember the first two R's. Yeah. It's, a so, whole, yeah. it's a whole bunch of them. Basically, the idea is it makes it so that if you can refinance down to a lower rate, it's really easy. You don't have to deal with appraisals. Exactly. Quick, easy, closing costs are low, that kind of shit. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. So look into it if you're paying a high interest rate. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, especially you know listeners out there that do currently have a VA loan. Even if interest rate is not as low as what you've currently got, if there's any debts that you need to uh, uh, consolidate, sure. uh, if you have a, a vehicle that's at 10% that you want to wrap into your loan, it, yeah. there's still benefits there. You want to pull some money and go to Vegas and put it all on red? Whatever, yeah, dude. absolutely. You, you have the option. Yeah, that's completely your prerogative. Uh, <laughs> I personally wouldn't, but it is what it is. <laughs> so uh, from there, uh, I ended up uh, doing real well with iMortgage, who then became Loan Depot. Yep. I decided to go off on my own in 2017. That's when we met. Yep. So uh-huh. January of All downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were off to buy Costco sandwiches and sit in an empty open house for three I just hours. sitting bullshit and yeah. broke down, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was fun. That was right here in Santee. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, uh, no, actually, it was... Like on the border of Santee, but that place was uh, Lakeside. Yeah. It was, uh, what the fuck was It was, was a that? decent house, too. Not Arho, but something like Anja Way, I mm-hmm. think, was the house. That Egg weird, like, memory. weird, big, freaking, uh, crazy roof house or whatever. It was yeah. Jim Carpenter's listing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. For, anyway. the, for the listeners, I'm trying to adjust the volume, but try to, um, try Speak to keep into it. like a, a Shaka's length. Like, yeah. Right. Because okay. you're you're going a little bit back and oh, forth, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, try to keep that shakas and and for the no. listeners, if you hear, we couldn't get the padded room, so if you hear knock knock knock, it's because Brian is <laughs> he's moving he's around antsy. and yeah. tapping things and just moving around a lot like yeah. always, just antsy in my pantsy. What yeah. are we talking about? But yeah, January oh, yeah. of 17, I'm mortgage, yeah. Uh, I had a, a nice long talk with the branch manager, and I said, look, you know, I either get the opportunity to go in brick and mortar at the Keller Williams office in El Cajon, or I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of gave him an ultimatum, and he said, if you want it, you got it. So uh, found me an office space right next to Ken Bush. Yep. <laughs> and uh, started <laughs> rocking it from there. So in 2017, not knowing one person at the Keller Williams office, I was still able to close 
close to seven million uh, in loan production. It's awesome. And um, and then in 2018, things weren't really working out with me and management at Loan Depot. So uh, I took an offer with J.P. Morgan Chase uh, and spent another year there. Left Chase to go to Caliber Home Loans to grow a team with Carla Silva. Mm -hmm. uh, and Carla Silva and I uh, decided to part ways because Joe Garzanelli called me like four weeks into Caliber, mm -hmm. barely onboarded, uh, and he called me like back to back like eight different times within like 10 minutes. And I'm yeah. like thinking all these crazy things like, oh, must Joe's have, like, dying, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. Like, the world's coming to an yeah. end. <laughs> I must have done a bad loan back in 17. I, I didn't know what was going on. What so does I, the godfather need? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a caliber like loan meeting, right? With processors and such. And uh, I was like, I, I got to take this. Like it's an emergency. So I walk out, I'm like, hey, what's up, Joe? And he's like, Eric, hey, how you been? And I'm like, is this an emergency? And he's like, he's like, no, why? I'm like, well, you just called me like eight different times back <laughs> and back. I thought I did something wrong. And he was like, no, no, quite the opposite. Old guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. dude. <laughs> and then he pitched me on the team leader position. Yeah. Uh, and then fast forward like two and a half months later, uh, I, uh, I get onboarded as a team leader. So I can, if you don't mind, I yeah. can jump in on that a little bit. So there was uh, the, the person who was the team leader uh, just prior to you. Um, who's awesome, you know, yeah, she's you know, awesome. the, yeah, you know who she is. She's still at the brokerage freaking, her name's yeah. Leslie. She's great freaking people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wanted to get back into just transacting real estate. She had just had a grandbaby. She wanted to spend time yep. with, so kind of wanted to move back in. Well, um, when she stepped down, obviously, you know, they, their company needs a CEO, right? So Joe's the broker. His function is that he, he's the company owner, but there needs to be a CEO. There needs to be somebody there, you know, doing doing the job that a CEO does for a company. So they were looking around, um, you know, it asked a bunch of agents. He had actually, he had mentioned it to me, asked if I was interested. And I was like, ah, that was right when I was starting the tip of the spear thing. So I was kind of like, you know, I fucking stoked, like super awesome. I appreciate it. But number one, like, I know that that position requires to like wear nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and already I was kind of like, well, I like flip-flops a lot, yeah. but the other thing, like I said, I was starting to, um, you know, I was starting the tip of the spear real estate team. Yeah. That was when I was just, Nate wasn't even on board yet. Like he was still working yeah. with his old company and was, you know, I was still working on recruiting him. He's now our operations manager, which is fucking awesome. Um, you know, I just brought Jake in, was still freaking putting my feelers out for everybody and stuff like that. So, you know, appreciate that super, you know humbled by that because dude yeah. i had been in real estate for what two years yeah and before that i was a firefighter and before that i was a marine <laughs> like what the fuck dude i don't know anything about business but he and i don't know if i've told you this but he asked me what do you think about eric ty and i spoke the fucking world about you because i think the world about you i said oh, i said joe that is a fucking amazing idea you bring him in, I think that he's going to do really, really well for you. Because we've, I mean, we had already been friends for a couple of years yeah. at that point. We yeah. knew each other pretty well. Yeah. So when he brought that up, there's a couple other people that you and I know mutually that he had thought about. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. And he said your name. I was like, holy shit, dude, that's a great idea. Like, <laughs> why are you even talking to me? Go call him. So thanks, bro. Yeah, dude. So that was that was freaking when. We found out that uh, <clears throat> that they had identified somebody, but they hadn't announced it yet. Um, I had uh, I had grilled a certain person that worked very closely with Joe at the time, uh -huh. 
and uh, and she spilled the beans, and I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. So yeah, it was cool, dude. That was yeah. What a fucking addition to this brokerage, yeah. man. Holy dude, shit. That that means the world to me that you're saying that. And at the end of the day, I mean, I think it was a really good move uh, business-wise for me. Yeah. Because lending, it is very fun some days. Some days. <laughs> and then just, some days when interest rates ride like a half a point overnight, dude, you're just like, oh, my God. It's not, even, it's not even the interest rates. I'll tell you right now, like, interest rates don't bother me, right? I mean, it can be 5.5%. People are still going to buy homes. People are still going to sure. refinance. Obviously, when rates dip, you see a wave of refinances. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I don't want to focus my business on refinances. They come and go. Purchases will always be there. Smart. So for me, I was taking a look at my business, and, and I was comfortable with my business, but I feel I, I was feeling like I wasn't reaching my full potential. And I've always loved management. I've always loved leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved coaching and mentoring people you know, uh, that want to succeed in this business. And that's what I did at BlueFi. So when I started thinking about the whole thing, I was like, okay, you know, I got the Bennies, you know, Joe's willing to hook it up for me yep. and the kids. Sure. Um, that's you know, awesome. I, I good, get a good. very friendly salary. I get bonuses. I, you know, I, I get a lot of spiffs that I normally wouldn't get as a <clears> loan officer. That's, I mean, that speaks numbers about Joe as a person. Cause he always, always, always takes care always. of his people. Always. Yeah. So he, Joe, it, um, by the way, for people listening, Joe's our broker. <laughs> he's a, he's an army vet. He's actually been on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, old school army Vietnam era veteran. Uh, he, the episode is Joe fights a bear. <laughs> if you look and he literally has I know that story. fought a bear before. So if you want to listen back, he's one of the most just fucking soul the earth type freaking people. So if you want to look back, but anyway, just to kind of give context to who we're talking about. Yeah. Here. And to, anyway. to get things squared away too. So you're not only team lead CEO, you're also doing loans on the side yeah, as well. Yeah. And, and that's why I love Joe, right? Because normally when you're, when you're talking to, uh, we call them OPs, operating principals at every Keller Williams franchise, there's an OP. It's a broker owner. It's yeah, just, yeah, exactly. So the OP normally doesn't want you to do anything but manage the office. Uh, and that was kind of like my my agreement with Joe is that, hey, if I do jump over to the real estate side and I do become your team leader, I would need to pick up my loan business somewhere down the road uh, and hopefully somewhere in the near future. So we, we set a plan for six months and six months later, Joe kept his word and he said, if you want to go reinstate your license, go do it. Uh, and hopefully we can create something of our own in the near future as well. Yeah. So now fast forward two and a half years that I've been here, uh, we now own our own mortgage company with a couple of partners, yep. uh, Fiducia Home Loans, rocking and rolling. So um, it, it's been a blessing. It, it really has uh, because now I'm looking at my business and I'm like, I still have the same amount of income coming in from the loan side, but I also have the income coming from the real estate side. Sure. Um, and. A KW culture tells the team leaders not to produce on the real estate side. Uh, so I get the best of both worlds. I can still produce, but just on the loan side, I'm not competing with any of my people. Right. Yeah. Right. KW really frowns upon that. They, they truly do believe that as a team leader, you cannot produce because how are your agents supposed to feel when they're looking at their manager going, you're my competition. Yeah. Is this my, is this <laughs> you know a conflict I mean? of interest? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're coaching me on your ideas and I share my ideas with you and you're my competition. Right. You know, how would you feel if, you went to a listing appointment. They're like, hey, matter of fact, we don't need to meet because I just met with your manager, Eric Tai. Mm-hmm. He signed a listing agreement with me. How would that make you feel? Sure. Pretty horrible. Right. right? Yeah. So I, I don't touch that space. Even though I have my salesperson's license, I'm never going to produce 
I, I like to have it just so my signature looks a little bit better. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> just so you can say realtor. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I learned so much just from talking to so many different people internally and externally that I just bring all the ideas back to the market center and I share it with you guys. That's awesome. That's my main goal is and, to make. And one thing on that, like talking about competition and stuff like that. So Joe, our broker, obviously has his real estate license. He still transacts. Uh, one thing that he's, I've actually talked with him about exactly that. We are talking about that being like a competition thing. Yeah. He does no competition. Uh, just anytime he finds out one of his agents, if he goes to a listing appointment, anytime he finds out yep. one of his agents are also being interviewed, he'll stop what he's doing, spend the rest of that appointment talking that person up and explaining why that, that seller should go with that agent yep. rather than taking it on himself, which again, I mean, there's, there's not many people like that dude out there, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe's a very unique, uh, individual. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's exactly right. I've heard that story many times where if he walks into a listing appointment and he knows that his competition is one of his own agents, he'll just talk that agent up yeah. and leave with no pressure on signing that listing agreement. That's yep. the type of person Joe is. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's good shit. Yeah. And for you listeners out there, just so you guys know, I, I don't live in East County. I would say that I'm an honorary unfortunately. East County folk. <laughs> but, uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but I, I commute from San Marcos, which is North County, San Diego. My commute is about 50 minutes each way. I do it surprisingly not because of the money because I could just double up on my loan business and make the same amount. However, sure. I do it because really this is my second family. Yeah. Joe is like a father to me. You know, Sherry is like the mom of the market center. Totally. Kaylin's like a sister to me. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like all, the whole staff is like family to me. Yeah. My agents are like family to me. Absolutely. So I commute 50 minutes for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like I love working with you guys. Well, I could easily hit up Rachel and KW Carlsbad and say, hey, find me a position there and go hang my license over there and do loans over there. Sure. It's not what I want. It's not the same. It's, it's not the same. These the, are my people. Carls, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Carlsbad, La Jolla, North Inland, yeah. even, I mean, the further out you go, shit, I've had talking to KW, or KW up in uh, Rancho Cucamonga where, and freaking Temecula, all of them. I mean, they're all friendly and they're all yeah. nice and they all take care of you, but everybody's, they always got their own vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about any of the brokerage that we've, yeah. you know, the, especially our locals, like what you've put together and I'll ask you to a little bit about the mastermind thing. Yeah. Um, but what you've put together with Carlsbad and La Jolla's team leads is fucking amazing. Um, everybody's got a different vibe. You yeah. know, the East County world, is so much different from Carlsbad. Yeah. It's so different from La Jolla. Even like North Inland, fucking Metro, all like, yeah. dude, it's just such a different vibe. You walk into those offices, like I walk into our office in shorts and flip flops, yeah. or like if it's cold out, I'll have a flannel on or whatever. <laughs> with flip flops, like, by the way. Yeah, with flip flops. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to change that. Fuck that. <laughs> he starts tripping if he wears shoes. Yeah. I, get, I get mad, dude. The only time I'm okay with wearing shoes is on my motorcycle. Yeah. But like, other than that, I spent 15 years wearing boots for this country. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm wearing flip flops. But like, I'll walk into one of their offices and be like, do I belong here? Yeah, like people yeah. think I'm a vagrant walking in yeah. trying to use the bathroom to shower myself or something. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Now, one word that I can use to describe uh, East County is that the people here are just real. Fuck yeah, dude. Real. You got, you know, and I say you guys because I don't live here, but I should say we. We just tell it how it is, man. Yeah. Exactly how we feel at that moment in time. This is what you're going to hear. Yeah. So tell us the truth. 
It's not 50 minutes. It's an hour. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. Uh, if I'm driving my truck, it'll take me about an hour and 15 because I can't go carpool. But there in the Model go. 3, I got the stickers. Oh, I shit. I got the all access. No kid. Yeah, yeah, you got that so fancy new Tesla myself. now, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could always get a bike. That is motorcycle. true. Yeah. But having to ride a bike for an hour, though. God, no, so it's half awesome. the time. It's the it's, best. I guarantee if you're on yeah. a bike, it's half the time. You yeah. just can't ride like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can split yeah. the lanes. Well, the first year, I'll probably be riding like a bitch. Yeah, yeah you'll figure it out. Maybe the first like couple weeks, yeah. probably. <laughs> but, um, so I, I have a couple questions. If yes, you don't mind. of course. Anytime. Um, first of which is um, it's quite obvious that you're very business savvy. So oh. did you ever... Did you do you have a degree in business, or did it come naturally, or is it through like family? How did you develop this business savvy? What I'm about to tell you will probably blow your mind. I was never book smart. Um, no, don't, don't let the skin color <laughs> man. Uh, don't know math that well. I'm Get dumb as here. rocks, dude. <laughs> um, but I've always been very, very street smart. Uh, my dad has always been very, very business savvy uh, on the streets, not in books, right? So uh, we determined at a very young age, uh, I think it was like 15 or 16 when I had to sit down with my dad. And my dad's like, look, you're not smart, are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Ouch. You're not like the rest of your cousins, are you? And I'm like, I, I, dad, you know I'm not. You're like, he's, like, listen, he's like, listen, you're dumbass. <laughs> yeah. He's like, finally, I get confirmation that you're my real son. <laughs> he's like, I, I've always been the black sheep of the family. My, my brothers and sisters, your uncles and aunts, have always been smarter than me, books-wise. On the streets, none of them can touch me. And so he created his whole business from learning what he's learned in the streets. What does your dad do? He's into import and exports. And now he lives in Hong Kong. That's oh, super so he's a, vague. So he's a gun runner. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> we it, don't we don't say that publicly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in our in our world, people I. that say things like that are like either running drugs, guns, or people. <laughs> I'll tell you what it really is later. No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> uh, so he created this whole business in San Francisco, uh, and then from San Francisco, he took it to Sacramento, and then Sacramento, he said, um, "Business is dying for me here. I I need to move back." Um, so he moved back when I was 14. Um, but he kind of just did the parenting thing from overseas. You know, we would be on the phone every day and he'd tell me how, you know, dumb I was. <laughs> and Are you sure your dad's not my dad? <laughs> sounds, very similar. sounds very familiar. <laughs> Finally, when I was 18, uh, I uh, enrolled actually in Sacramento City College, uh, which is a community college. Did, uh, I think, two weeks of attending classes uh, and decided that just this is just confirmation for me that it's not for me. Mm -hmm. and keep in mind in high school, all throughout high school, the four years that I was in high school, I carried uh, an average GPA of 2.1. Uh, I got you beat, bud. 1.8. Nice. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so GED? <laughs> no, I fucking graduated somehow. <laughs> nice. uh, for I got me, you all beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put me into an alternative program. Yes. I was not even allowed to go to regular high school. Wow. Because I... I had a brain injury, and and um, because uh, this guy actually smashed my head into the curb like American History X. Damn. Yeah. Nate, and I don't know if you know this, but Nate is has the fucking craziest life. Like, there's nobody that defies death like this guy. I'm pretty sure he's immortal. 
Just spend some time with them. It's fucking crazy. And you're completely fucking normal, as far as but, I can see. Well, but the weird thing is, yeah, <laughs> they they said you're not going to be able to graduate normal high school. They put me in a school. Sorry for not being PC, but they put me in a school for for dummies. And um, who are you apologizing they, to? They said maybe, yeah. maybe you'll get a GED. Wow. Yeah, and then I ended up graduating high school and going to college, getting yeah. two degrees. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's wild. That's crazy. See, even That's dummies crazy. can get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <coughs> and now you're hosting a podcast. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today. Uh, so now yeah. He's, now he's the goddamn brain box behind Tip of the Spear Real Estate. Yeah, States. right. You know what you're getting yourselves into. You've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so from there, uh, picked up you know sales jobs here and there. Like I said, you know, was selling rainbow vacuums. I don't know if you guys know rainbow. It's actually a pretty solid vacuum. Eh. Okay. Is eh. it still around? It's still my side business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is that uh, why you're pl- is that why you're pl- plugging them right now? Like, by the way, if you need a rainbow vacuum, yeah. call one eight hundred. He's a co-founder. Yeah. Hey, so, you can send that number if you want to have them sponsor us. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I don't know if they're around still, uh, but uh, you know, it was one of those entities that would hire like thirty people per day, mm-hmm. and then whoever could last would last, and they would work their way up the chain. Sure. I was not one of those people because as much as I believed in the product, I felt like it was grossly overpriced. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was like a $2,000 vacuum. Oh, wow. This was back in like the mid-2000s, like 2005, 2006 being a $2,000 vacuum. Yeah. But I mean, the product itself was awesome. It was like a water base where all the air had to go through the the water. So when you're sucking up all that dirt, it gets trapped into the water, not back into the air, Mm -hmm. right? So you just dump out all the nasty stuff that you collected from the carpets. I don't know why I'm reselling rainbow vacuums right (laughs) now. Yeah, I know. Are you still, are you sure you're not still on their payroll? (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, it's I'm a natural sales guy. Always be closing, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, that ended up, uh, you know, giving me a lot of sales skills. And to answer your your question from a few minutes back, um, always been in sales, always had a mouthpiece, you know, always had my way with getting my point across, love debates. uh, Mm. And, you know... Part of it had to do with talking to you know the girls in high school, going into you know my my twenties, talking to girls. Oh, even though you're talking about objection handling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't get too many objections, I will tell you that. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would say my experience just uh, was everything that I accumulated over the last probably twenty years, man. You know, from from freshman of high school all the way until now, everything that I've learned so far, um, just always knew that I wasn't going to be the college guy. I wasn't going to graduate with a degree, but sure. I just knew that I could make money in the space that I'm experienced in. And I will tell you this, and not to pat myself on the shoulder, but I now make more money than any of my cousins except for one. Who's a brain doctor. No, he actually <laughs> is in sales as well. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sells for VMware. It's like a software uh, company that okay. sells to big entities and, no and hooks up your whole IT, right? So he he makes probably about five to six hundred a year, Damn, and dude. I want to get to that level, obviously, at some point in my life. But, sure. Um, but he's the only guy that I can't beat at the moment, right? Not but, yet. Yeah. Not yet. All of my cousins graduated with degrees. You know, some went into computer programming, some mm. went to work for state, work and, for county. And then went and got a job working for somebody else, huh? Exactly. And now look at you, dude, exactly. doing your own fucking thing, living your own life. Yeah. On your own fucking program and just making them ducats. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And keep in mind, like we always, 
I would say most of us have a dark age in our life. I had one. Mm -hmm. And that dark age actually propelled me forward because I learned so much during those dark ages. Absolutely. For two years, you know, I was, I was kind of stuck in a rut. Wasn't really doing anything for myself until um, I realized that my relationship with my daughter was going to shit. And then my son was on the way. And I'm like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta really put my nose to the grind and start making some money. And that's when I hooked up with Pacific Marine. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, everything that I, that I do now, I learned in the last probably 20 years of my life. Very cool. Yeah. Sounds like you're a numbers guy though. You say you're not smart, <laughs> but you're a fucking numbers guy. All the things you've been doing yeah. has been like finance or numbers or not all, yeah. but a, a good portion of yeah. them. Couldn't pass the Air Force DTI check, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guess Jeez, not so good with numbers. I mean, that's there's something to be said about that pretentious ass Air Force, dude. Right. Jesus. <laughs> so we, I mean, you know, our whole team's all military. Yeah. Most of our clients yeah. are military veterans. Our whole uh, Nate and I's entire fucking world, for the most part, by and large, is with military, like active duty folks or veterans and stuff yeah. like that. So we very freely clown on each other, right? On the Navy clowns, on the Marines, who clowns on the Army, who clowns. I mean, everybody clowns on the Air Force, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they kind of deserve it. But no, but we all kind of talk not the Coast Guard. Each other. They're, they're not even a real military. Branch. Come on, <laughs> take that Coast Guard. No, uh, but you know, it's all it's all in love. It's all brothers picking yeah. on each other. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, yeah, just throwing that out there. A little freaking yeah. quick disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, an uncomfortable subject with yeah. you. So recently, um, within the past year, uh, we were considering taking Tip of the Spear real estate team away from our brokerage. Yeah. Right. Away from KW. We we're looking at other options. Um, yeah. There are some there are some things that we. Not, it, it wasn't out of any love. You, you guys obviously know that we had a of course. conversation about yeah. that. But there was some, you know, our team's been expanding. Our team's been growing. We're looking at moving, moving on up in the world, and you know, taking a bigger bite of the uh, of the market and being able to provide a lot more value and being able to take care of a lot more people. Right. So um, there were certain there were certain things that uh, that we felt that um, that our company was missing and that we needed you know help with in order to be able to grow and expand right so um <clears throat> you know i had talked to a few other brokerages had talked to a couple other you know people that are in real estate around the around the business and stuff yeah. um, but you know you and i have had a, a very great relationship i think the world of you as as likewise a, you know um same thing with our broker so uh, recently, what was it, a couple of months ago when mm -hmm. we went out to Burning Beard, the brewery right yeah. there around the corner from our office, and I sat you and Joe down and was like, hey, look, this is what I got going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I need help. <clears throat> I need help with this, this, and this. Here's where I feel like I'm lacking. I, I, need, some, I need some help from you guys. Um, and and I've, honestly, I've been looking at going to other brokerages. I've been talking to other people. Um, you know, it's not out of any mist or lack of love or respect for you yeah. guys. I love you guys like family, but I need to be able to take care of my team. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> that conversation was basically, I, to me, like, I felt like I saw the blood flow out of Joe's face, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but 
you know, we, we talked like, Hey, and you guys were like, what do, what do you need? Tell us what you need. Yeah. And I told you exactly, you know, where I was lacking, what I needed help with, you know, where we needed, where I felt we needed help with to, to be able to grow our team, you know, and reach the potential that, that we will someday, you know, it's, it's always going to be a freaking a growth. It's always going to be a growth mindset and it's always going to be uh, learning and continuing to build and develop for us. But um, big idea was that we needed, you know, to be able to somebody to show us the way. Right. And, um, that day, uh, you, me and Joe talked, uh, explained everything and kind of said, Hey, look, I don't want to leave you guys, but I got to do the right thing. Right. Um, for my team, let's figure out a way to make it so I don't have to leave. Yeah. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> to, I mean, to both of y'all's credit, I mean, we're still fucking here. And it's a hundred percent, in my opinion, due to your efforts. After Thank that, you, bro. Thank so you. It, I think so you got the envelope with the money in it. Yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shh, don't say Nate doesn't know about that. Oh no? shoot! <laughs> <laughs> but um, after, you know, we said, hey, let's revisit this in three weeks. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're uh, this is. I mean, I hate to do it, but you guys are on notice, right? Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about this again in three <clears throat> weeks, and we'll see where we're at. Yeah. Um, Three weeks later, and we'll kind of talk about what went down in that three weeks, but three weeks later, I was fucking 100% KW, committed to you guys. Yep. I'm not fucking leaving. We ain't taking this team fucking anywhere. This is our home. Yeah. So uh, kind of tell me how that went down for you, because you haven't, you and I haven't even really talked about it. It was super recent, but you and I haven't really <clears throat> talked a yeah. lot about that. But a lot has transpired. You've built some great things in that time. You've made some great connections. For me, for you know, other agents at KW, you've done amazing things for our team to help with growth, recruiting, training, all the things that you've done. And I, I mean, I don't. I think it goes without saying, but I'm eternally appreciative to you for everything you've done for us. But um, tell me, kind of, kind of, give me an idea about like for you guys how that went down. Um, you know, what steps you took and what, just cause I, I really want to be able to promote you and to promote our brokerage to other agents who might be listening and thinking about making a move just to see what kind of fucking hoops you guys jumped through and what kind of backflips that you guys did to make sure that your fucking agents are taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I agree. We never really sat down and, and hashed out the details of what actually transpired, uh, but I will tell you this, is that when you uh, told me that you were one foot out the door, <clears throat> specifically to that brokerage, um, yeah. it was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, and you know how I felt about those guys <laughs> yes, this whole yes. time, yeah. And, and same here. Mm. It was really an eye-opener for me because <clears throat> ever since you got to KW, I'm like, Brian bleeds KW red, right? So for you to approach me and say, hey, shit just isn't working... It was an eye-opener for me, so I went back to the leadership team, and I just said, guys, if Brian Britton is saying I'm one foot out the door, I'm taking the team with me, you guys need to correct this or else, it tells me that probably a lot of agents are not happy with what we're doing. So it was a complete revamp. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> first thing I did was I reached out to the region, uh, and I said, you know, we have competitors out there that are getting paid real dollars to jump on a Zoom every single week to recruit. We don't have that. That's missing in our space, in our realm, right? <clears throat> so how are we going to combat this? And I will be completely upfront and honest. It wasn't the answer that I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was, let's put something together for the 
15, 20, 25, hundred million dollar producers. And I said, no, yeah. that's not what I'm asking for. Right. We are really missing out on the middle of the roster type yeah. agents, which right. is the five to $20 million producers. Mm -hmm. And so when I reached out and I really wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear, that's when I reached out to Rachel, the TL of Carlsbad, Ray, the TL of La Jolla. And I said, guys, great these fucking are people, by the way, great people. Great these people. are kind of like brothers and sisters to me, right? Because uh, we started around the same time. We're, we're younger, not saying younger than the other TLs of KW, but um, they're all pretty much younger. But um, we just had a vibe going. <clears throat> so I reached out to them and I said, look, I have one of my close friends that has that's running a team that's one foot out the door and we all know where he's going. And they said, dude, let's jump all over this. Us three put something together totally. where it delivers exactly what the middle of the roster needs, which is more support, mm -hmm. right? More support, more ideas on how to grow, especially when you have a team that is, you know, three to five people. How do we take it to the next level and get it to seven to ten? Mm -hmm. then, the, then the next level, if you want it, is the 10 to 15 range and then 15 to 20. Yeah. And then eventually, if you want a 50 man team, like some people here at KW, you can. Mm -hmm. But we need to know what the basics are. We need to know how we support them now. <clears throat> so it was quite a bit of damage control. Uh, we put that mastermind together literally in 30 days. We had yeah. it going the next month because yep. we weren't getting that from the region. So that was number one. I, I actually had to sit down with Joe and I had a heart to heart with him. And I said, Joe, if somebody like Brian Britton is leaving, then that tells me that the whole roster is at stake. So what are we going to do at this point? So that's when we put the mastermind together. That's when we started really looking at the fundamentals of KW that was taught maybe 10 years ago that are not really relayed in today's, um, uh, in today's market. Sure. KW, we all know, is the training real estate company of the world. Yeah. There's this, no other brokerage out there that trains like we do. Trains new agents. Exactly. Yep. This is this is where brand new agents go to learn how to conduct real estate or to learn how to transact real yes. estate and then go somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I kid you not, I literally interview probably about 30 to 40 agents, sometimes even 50 agents a month. A lot of them are new agents, right? I have some people coming to me going, hey, Eric, the reason I'm meeting with you is because I met with Pacific Sotheby's and the manager there told me to come talk to you so I can get training from you. <laughs> and I'm like, and then we're going to poach you back. Yeah. And I'm like, so what happens after the training? Why leave? I'm like, wait, what? Yep. They're mm -hmm. sending you to me so you can get trained the right way with the right content mm -hmm. for them to pick you off a year from now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, our, our job is to make them on board and stay sure right so that shouldn't really even bother me but it's just, I, th I just think it's funny right that other team leaders from other brokerages are sending them to our way right to, to get them trained to up learn so how to transact real estate sure. exactly yeah. i mean what a genius plan right instead no of putting together you know 10 20 hours of training time for that person you let them train with us totally and then what, you can pick them off in a year why spend your own time why spend your own money why apply your own resources when you can farm out somebody else who's exactly. got a great training program and a exactly. great system already figured out. You go learn that and then come over and work exactly. with us. And what's crazy, Brian, is when, you know, when you were talking to me about potentially leaving for this company, I'm like, it, it, it obviously was an eye opener for me. It also hurt a little bit because I'm like, this company literally was started by XKW people. Mm -hmm. They discounted their their um, uh, cap and, and, and no franchise and all of that just to mimic the KW model, yep. but cheaper. Yeah, Hats off to them. It was a great idea because yeah. you get to pick off all these KW agents, right? Absolutely. But 
I will say that I have no ill will towards them. They're doing a, an awesome job. They're taking a lot of market share. Our job now is to make sure that we're doing everything that they're doing and then some yeah. to catch up. Do it right? better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My best line to the leadership team is, hey, before we start talking all this shit about the competition, let's catch up first. Yeah, right. Right? Because yeah. how are we supposed to hate when we're a mile behind? Mm-hmm. Right? And it was really an eye-opener for me. And I, and that's part well, of the reason that why was, we have... That was absolutely the case, too. At, mm-hmm. the, at the time, that was absolutely the case. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind that you know when you take a look at these competitors, every brokerage is really, really good at a few things. They also suck really bad at some things, mm-hmm. which is every brokerage all across the board. Totally. With us, what makes it so difficult is because we're so big. There's so many hands in the pot mm-hmm. that sometimes we at the market center level don't know who to reach out to. Yeah, That's all been cleared up now. I literally have direct lines to the president of KW, Mark King, mm-hmm. the head of industry, Jason Abrams, the head of tech, David Voorhees, I have all of them on speed dial now because of you and our conversation six months ago. Can no, I get also those numbers, sick name drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah, I yeah. get those numbers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, anytime, put us up in a text chain. I want to ask him questions. If you're unhappy with KW for any sort of reason, I'll tell you this too. Joe had a very, very serious, candid conversation with the president. And he, and he told your story. And he said, if we are letting down one of the most committed KW folks at our brokerage, that means we're letting down fucking everybody. Yeah. How, we need how, to change this. How committed is Brian? Yeah. Look yeah. At that. <laughs> oh, snap. Yep. You got to get Brian to get a KW tattoo. <laughs> Wait, you, you didn't get that with joining the team. Yeah. Swear. Yeah. Swear. What do you Brian think that logo is, So bro? he's a lifer, dude. Yes, yeah, sir. For sure. Oh, yeah. snap. Mm-hmm. So right, for the listeners, that, I might that, get KW on my forehead. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, right here on your te- right here on yeah, your eye, like a you. little KW teardrop. There you go. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about, I actually have a tip of the spear logo right on my left wrist. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you guys, you that's, guys are together for life. Yeah, oh, it's, we're fucking we're basically married. That pretty yeah. much that pretty much was the contract right there. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope you guys don't part ways because you'll have to x that out and put probably. Just the tip or something. <laughs> <laughs> or fuck this guy. Or something yeah. on their <laughs> just the tip. Yep, just the tip. But no, I, I going back to what you were saying is that our conversation <clears throat> at Burning Beard, you, me, and Joe, like I said, was an eye-opener, and that changed the whole landscape moving forward for the past six months. And it wasn't two months ago. It was six months. Probably somewhere around six months. Yeah, that sounds, mo- that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, because yeah, we started our masterminds at the end of last year. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the mic is not Chris Rock. You don't have to keep slapping it. Dude, am I bad? You can't <laughs> I, fuck I, it, dude. You know, a part of sales is Smack that, that they, bitch, Will Smith. <laughs> they, they teach you, right, that uh, in a conversation, right, specifically a sales conversation, only 3% of your whole conversation has to do with the words that you speak. Mm-hmm. I believe okay. 53% has to do with body language. Well, that's not just sales. That's any communication with anybody right. at all right Body you can language, you can yes. go home yeah but you, you don't have go, to smack the shit out of me that's funny chris rock <laughs> he's, he's getting upset he's like stop, stop yeah. Yeah. yeah uh but yeah that's i mean i feel like that's it's i don't feel like 100 percent. that's fucking so much conversation or so much uh communication is lost 
just by going from face to face to on the phone. Yeah. You know, because you can't see my body language. You can't see my mannerisms. Exactly. You might be able to hear my voice, which is good, but we better have met already. So you already know my mannerisms and know, like, can imagine what I'm fucking doing and saying over the phone. Yeah. Or otherwise, I'm some stranger that's you feel like is yelling at you. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and for those that are watching the video feed, yes, Eric ties feet are pointed towards brian mm-hmm. I'm nice. yeah 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 anyway we have the, we have all the videos down low so all you're looking at is our feet <laughs> that's our side business that's hilarious <laughs> now anyway real quick question though the listeners will hear this after the fact because you yeah. gotta upload everything and then... yeah it's typically about two weeks after okay yeah. gotcha gotcha i thought we were live and shit so no 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 we <laughs> we, we edit and do uh post-production okay yeah. okay very good um, so I know you guys wanted to touch on a couple of other things, right? Uh, like the first thing was interest rates. Um, Man, before you have... get into that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had heard you mention the term for a, a lot of the listeners. Um, adjustable rate mortgage is kind of like a four-letter word. Well, it's almost four letters, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like a bad term, and and yeah. a lot of people thought that it, you know, kind of in the two thousand seven, eight, yeah. nine, it kind of disappeared, but it's still, it's still out there and still prevalent. It's still very much out there. And uh, ARMS, adjustable rate mortgages, have a bad rap because of what happened during this 0708 crash, right? Because of everybody that got loans in the early 2000s that really didn't know how the loan functioned. You were talking about balloon payments. What's a balloon payment? Nobody mm-hmm. knew. But I knew that I was getting the house, so I'm yeah. going to go with it, mm-hmm. right? Balloon payments, negatively amortized loans, negams, right? Do you know what those are? No, but it sounds like a racial slur. (laughs) (laughs) Negams, basically, imagine getting your mortgage statement. You have a principal and interest payment of $2,500. You have an interest-only payment at $2,000. You have a less-than-interest-only payment at $1,800. Which payment would you choose? $1,800. $1,800, which is what most people did. Sure. But what they didn't know was that the difference between the interest-only payment and the less-than-interest-only payment, that $200, was added on to your principal balance. So you're, so you're accumulating interest over time and not paying any of that interest down, also not paying any of your principal Exactly. Down. You're not well, paying any block. interest. You're not paying any principal. And the difference would be added on to your principal balance. So an unpaid balance is added on to your principal every single month. So, your so that's just predatory lending. Predatory lending. You're fucking yeah. renting a house from the bank, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, so then why are we still doing... We're not doing negams anymore. We're not right. doing any balloon payments anymore. There is no early payoffs anymore. There is still adjustable rate mortgages. And I think that it's a very, very good product for certain individuals. For certain people, specifically sure. Specifically VA. Interesting. Yes. Okay, let's why? hear it. Let's hear I get, Can I guess? Yes. PCS yes. about every three years. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So what's the point of getting a 30-year mortgage and a higher rate when you know for a fact that you're going to be moving in three to five years? Mm-hmm. So that that's that brings up a good point because I never really thought about that. So what we usually talk about with our clients uh, that are looking to buy a property, right, that are looking to buy out here, let's say they're active duty, they just PCS'd in from wherever in the world, right, um, come out to San Diego, they want to buy a house out here, they know they're going to be here for at least three years, And then they're going to go somewhere else or EAS or whatever the case may be, right? Um, What we try to talk about um, with our clients is the potential for building wealth through investment property, Mm -hmm. right? So 
buy a house out here, use a first year entitlement, right? And then PCS somewhere else. And depending on how much loan of value you have or how much, you know, if you can swing either number one, refining out of your VA loan into a conventional, reinstating that first year entitlement and then go buying another place zero mm -hmm. down somewhere else, or depending on where you're going next and you know, the average cost for living there, if you still have enough entitlement left to go buy another property, rent this one out, you know, and kind of just keep on doing that. There's a ton of people out there that are active duty military that are enlisted. There's a, there's a staff sergeant, um, at Camp Pendleton that's stationed at Camp Pendleton. His name is David Perret. He runs a, uh, he runs a company called from military to millionaire. Um, that guy owns investment properties everywhere. And he's been able to accumulate wealth through the use of his VA loan over time, switching that to conventional over time, switching that to cash to be able to purchase properties, you know, invest, renovate, whatever the case may be. So he's actually now flipping properties and stuff, yeah. owns <clears throat> property fucking everywhere. And all that started with just his VA loan benefit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Buy one house. That's how yeah. that shit started. Exactly. So for the people that want to create like a long term wealth plan that are planning on staying in forever or whatever the case may be. Maybe a 30 year might be a better idea, but for folks, what you're talking about in your case, uh, with that arm loan, maybe if their plan is come to California, live here for three years and then get the fuck out of this liberal shithole, as yeah. they say, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, maybe if, maybe a five year arm might be a better deal because they know they're going to sell it in three years right. and they're going to pay that lower rate. Things might be a little bit easier for right. them, but the gamble always is if the market, which I don't think anybody thinks the market's going to crash or collapse or anything like that. Anybody that knows anything doesn't think that that's going to be the case, but look what happened with COVID, you know, COVID came in the world and the market exploded. Yep. We never know about, you know, about those unknowns. So it's always kind of a gamble, right? Can, can you explain what yeah. you think it might be a good idea for uh, a, a VA loan? Um, a VA arm to go arm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly that. If you have somebody that's coming uh, to San Diego, they know that they're going to be stationed here for three to five years, get a five year arm, get, get a seven year arm or 10 year arm. When, you, when you're looking at an adjustable rate mortgage, <clears throat> what a lot of people think is, oh yeah, it's, it's adjusting all the time. No, it's not. If you're looking at a five-year arm, it's a 30-year loan. It's fixed for five years. On the sixth year, it starts adjusting, right? Mm -hmm. So if you know that you're gonna get a three and a quarter on a, on a five-year adjustable rate mortgage, it's fixed at that three and a quarter for five years. It's not gonna move on you. Mm -hmm. And assuming that the feds raise the rates, assuming, I mean, depending on if it's based on the LIBOR or the treasury, we can, we can do a whole class on this, but the LIBOR and the treasury, depending on where their rates are, your rate could easily adjust downwards in certain markets. Sure. Right. So you could have like a, like a three and a half percent adjustable rate mortgage that's fixed for five years on the sixth year. It might just adjust down to 3%. So mm -hmm. are arm loans generally lower initially? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's why it makes them so attractive. Yeah. Gotcha. But nobody really stays during the adjustment period. They usually refinance out or sell the house within those five years. Sure. So, but the gamble is if the market collapses for some reason in yeah. those five years, that's what caused a lot of people to get in hot water in the 0809 crash is that um, everybody had these arm rates or these arm loans, right? And mortgage rates skyrocketed 
housing market collapse, you owe fucking $600,000 on a house that's now worth $300,000. And then all of a sudden you get a balloon payment of like 28 grand and you don't have that money. That's where that loan's got that bad rap, right? Yes. So but, a lot of those people that, that experienced that, they were at the, the five-year mark. They were at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Bought a house in 0405. Yeah. Okay. You know? I will tell you that the main reason that we experienced a crash in 0708 is because of strategic default. Okay, strategic default yeah. is literally walking away from the home on purpose, knowing that you're still able to pay for that home. Why? Why do you think our mortgage uh, guidelines are so uh, strict when it comes to buying an investment property, when it comes to buying even a second home? There's more qualifications that that come into place, right? Why? Because you're much more much more um, uh, uh, willing to walk away from an investment property or a second home if you still have your primary. Sure. Right. If I own a primary and I own two investments, guess what? I'm walking away from those two investments before I walk away from my primary. So it's basically a lot less risk for you as a as a homeowner or, or a property owner, or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 So strategic defaults were, were huge back in 08. People that owned three properties because they could, and now they're looking at two investment properties going, I paid $600,000 for this, and now it's worth 300. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would I keep it? Right. And I have an adjustable rate with a balloon. Why? Sure. Right? I could rent it out, but why would I want to pay $1,000 over and above what I'm getting in rents right. for the mortgage payment? If this, I could it- just take a foreclosure. Especially if the rebound is going to take eight to 10 years. And how long does it take for a bankruptcy to go away? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. So strategic defaults uh, was uh, a big player uh, in the 08 crash. And everybody, I know the listeners out there are wondering, hey, this crash, when is it coming? Well, I don't see a fucking crash. I mean, there's nothing indicating a crash. We thought it was going to be Russia, Ukraine. But at the end of the day, it affected gas prices did nothing to the housing market, you know, interest rates going up. Like I said before, you know, refinances might go away, but people are still buying homes, you know, what's a 5% rate compared to a four and a half or a 4%. Yeah. It might be a few hundred dollars more, but if you're paying 50, a hundred, $150,000 over ask, what's a few hundred dollars a month. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll tell you this story. I, I was at family reunion. You guys know what that is. Yep. KW has two big events every year. You got I like it. You have a family reunion, which is the bigger one. And then you have mega camp. I was at family reunion uh, just a couple of months ago, a month and a half ago. Take a little while for your liver to recover. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And so I'm at the airport. I run into uh, a really nice guy named Jeff Liao. Uh, Jeff is uh, a top producer over at KW Carmel Valley. Ran into each other when we were picking up our our baggage. And uh, he was like, dude, you going to the Hilton? And I was like, yeah, me too. And he's like, dude, let's just split an Uber. So on the Uber ride there, he's like, let me tell you the story, man. I, I'm working with a $3 million buyer. We found a listing at $3.3 million. I submit the offer at $3.7 million. $50,000 EMD non-refundable. No matter what happens, you get to keep that money. 10-day close, all contingencies waived. And they got beat. <laughs> by a $4 million cash offer. Good God. That's the market that we're in, guys. You know, what do we do with it? We just try to make the best of our situation. Yeah. The market's not going to last. The, 
the, the hot market that we're experiencing now with inventory shortage is not going to last. There's a lot of indications that's happening right now that's telling us that 2023 and 2024, you're going to see a huge shift. Yeah. Why? Interest rates have gone up substantially. Totally. Right? Buying power has gone down substantially. Mm-hmm. On top of that, in 2021 or 2020, they released uh, data that 1.5 million applications for new builds nationwide went in. They haven't built yet because of lumber costs and labor costs, right? Everybody's still milking that unemployment. Sure. So once we come out of this pandemic and you're going to start, you're going to start seeing a lot of these new builds pop up all across San Diego and inventory shortage will become less and less. And with interest rates being so high, I mean, it's going to discourage a lot of people. I've already worked with a ton of people that I was, had already pre-approved sure. that are now coming back and saying, hey, with interest rates being so high, we've lost like $100,000 in purchasing power. Yep. We're just going to go ahead and lease another place for another year. But then, I'm like, do what you got to do. Yeah, but that's yeah. fine. But you lease another place that if you had bought the same place, you're spending three or $400 a month more. Right. Which that sucks because... It, at least if you bought the place, you paying into your mortgage is you paying down your freaking payments yeah. for buying. In San Diego, on average, that's like 25000 a year. Right. Yeah. But yeah. think about, you know, if you're renting something, on the other hand, right? You're Because no matter where you live, you're paying somebody's mortgage. Right. right. Unless it's military housing, then you're just paying Lincoln military housing to steal your money. <laughs> but if it's... If it's if you're renting a property from somebody else, all you're doing is paying down their mortgage, and what do you get at the end of it? Live there for a year, two years, yeah. You know, and then at the end of that, maybe you'll get your freaking uh, your deposit back, maybe, which is what a month's rent. So three thousand dollars, damn, dude, baller, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or buy a place and probably going to spend less money per month for the same size house, condo, whatever the case may be. Maybe a couple hundred bucks a month less. Of course, it takes more work nowadays because the market's difficult, right? But at the end of that, you know, two, three years that you live there, if you want to keep it, now you're the landlord making the money. If you want to sell it, dude, you just spent two, three years paying down your mortgage, riding the freaking, riding the market, and you end up making, I mean, shit, dude. We bought our first house in 2015, sold it in 2018. Three years later, we made 140,000 fucking dollars just for living somewhere. Yep. I could have been paying rent for those three years. Exactly. And I would have walked away with $2,000 maybe if I didn't thrash the place. You know what I mean? Dude, even the one one that I bought in April of last year, I bought it for 240, spent 12 grand gutting it. Mm -hmm. So my investment is 252 total. It's worth over three now. Yeah. In less than a year, bro. Yeah. That's no insane for a one-one. Absolutely, in Chula. Well, if you want, all places. What, what if you ever think, right off of Moss Street, it's like five minutes from downtown. Okay. Well, yeah. if you ever think North about selling downtown, it, I know great real estate agent. I do too, man. <laughs> I know a couple. He's <laughs> not in this room. <laughs> East of downtown. I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hilltop area. I'm trying to. I'll show you the maps in in a little bit. But going back to what you were saying about. You know, interest rates going up, and yes, you want to be an owner and not a renter, right? What I'm encountering a lot nowadays is all my pre-approved folks are like, "How am I going to pay a hundred thousand dollars over ask? I have my fifty thousand dollars down payment. I can't make up that appraisal gap, so none of their offers are being accepted." And you know, same goes for VA and FHA buyers. You know, you got that amendatory clause. A lot of agents don't like that. Yeah, but at the same it's, point it's in time, a lot of a lot missing- of agents don't even know what it. 
means. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot they of misinformed even... agents that yeah. just are like, oh, it's VA. I should not do that because exactly. it's VA because it's got a bad rep in this market, yeah. which is such a fucking travesty yeah. for people who rate that that benefit. You I know? agree. It's, it's not just a loan product. It's a benefit for a very few people that, that rate and deserve it, right? Exactly. No, so, I, I, I believe that VA offers should be at the top of the pile. They should so get too. priority. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I, I saw, um, was it something that you posted where it was like, uh, you know, a bunch of soldiers that were like running a certain way and it said, you know, our down, down payment is this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you guys sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Why aren't your offers being accepted? Right. Money is not the only thing that's important. Mm-hmm. And I always tell our agents this is that if you think commissions are more important than your client, then you've already lost the game. Yeah, you need to, you need to get out of this industry. Exactly. 100%. Clients always trump the dollar. Yep. yep. You take Absolutely. care of your clients, the dollars will come. Yeah. Money, yeah, take care of your people first, 100%. Exactly. First do the right thing, money follows. Exactly. And not only you can't believe the hype and you can't always, I mean, it may be generally, yeah, people are overpaying or paying 40, 50 up to a hundred thousand yeah. over asking overpaying but, is a right right yeah i, 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 won't I retract say, that statement not overpaying yeah, right but over list right yeah. i always but, say that people the, the what the 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 home is worth is what somebody's willing to pay for it that's just like anything we just had this conversation yeah. i have a pen in my hand it's probably worth 50 cents yeah. if i listed it for five dollars if i'd put it for sale for five bucks probably nobody would buy it but if I put it for sale for 50 cents, somebody's going to buy it. What yeah. does that tell me? This pen's worth 50 cents. Right. Right? Exactly. How, anything, well, anything. This pen, this pad of paper, Eric's sweet mouth. Anything. <laughs> anything. That's a dollar. Mickey Holler, so. Yeah, right. Well, well, you're expensive. Are, but any, anything, housing is no different than any other market in that every house, every property is only worth how much somebody's willing to pay exactly. for it. Well, what I'm getting to is... There's no SOP, standard operating procedure, for realtors. Yeah. Right? And and how they conduct themselves and, and all this stuff. So, yeah. 80, 90% of San Diego people are paying, you know, over ask. But for the majority of our clients, myself included, we're offering asking price maybe slightly over. And we're getting offers accepted. So you just have to be patient. So I, I put an offer in, yeah. And, and yeah, was, I know a great realtor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so do I. Not I mean, his name's room. Joe Garznell. <laughs> <laughs> Again, but, not in this I mean, room. <laughs> in Chula Vista, in a really desirable neighborhood, recent flip, yeah. I offered 5K over list. And it got accepted. And most of our clients. With a VA loan. Yeah. For yours. Yeah. Dude, congrats, bro. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Dang, where, so, where at? Um, in between Riverside downtown County. Chula. <laughs> and, in between Boulevard. downtown Chula and yeah. the marina. I'm oh, fourth nice. in, in Chula Vista. Nice, dude. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, Brian preaches all the time. You just have to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come to the one that's persistent. <clears throat> you don't have to, you know, offer more than list. Right. You have to find the right agent. In the yes. right scenario. Yes. You know. That's why the, the cliche thing to say is who you work with really matters. It's not about how much you're offering. It's about who you're working with. I know agents that are submitting offers at list and getting accepted. Why? Exactly. Because they communicate with the other side. Yeah. They figure out what the seller needs are. 
how fast they have to close. Right. If you check all those boxes, your offer will get accepted. It's not always about price. If they need rent back. Yeah, exactly. What what terms do you need? Where are you guys at right now? Yeah. What do, what do we what do we need to do to create a winning scenario for the seller? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and on that note, I've been really trying hard to train our agents to just leave your ego at the door because I've I'm starting to get a lot of things coming across my desk where, you know, agent conflicts, you know, this person's being mean, this person's being an asshole and I'm like I really hope. Oh, no. That, yeah. <laughs> I really hope our agents aren't doing that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's no reason. And, and I'm starting to see this a lot is that a seasoned agent and I don't care if, you know, season five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years in the business. But they really look at a new agent like they're nothing. And well, you were new at some point, too. Right. Let's leave the ego at the door. I just heard this the other day. Some agent that uh, that owns his own broker shop. Uh, was talking down to one of our newer agents and I, I got heated, you know, because she was like, you know, he's just telling me like that I'm worthless and I'm doing this wrong, that I'm doing that wrong. I look up his production, the guy's closed four deals in the last 12 months. Can I get what makes you so much better than her? That's those are some of the hardest people in the world to work with are people that are brokers or realtors who have had their licenses for 45 fucking years. Yeah do maybe one or two deals every one or two years. Yeah. They think they know fucking everything yeah. because back in the 1980s, yeah. they owned all of Pacific Beach yeah. or, <laughs> yeah. or freaking. Yeah, yeah. I knew who that is. Yeah. Or they freaking, they know they used to sell and they had this team of like 50 agents and they've sold a million yeah. houses and blah, blah, blah. But you look at their production now. First of all, their DRE number starts with zero, 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 zero. <laughs> They're like DRE number six. <laughs> and they've sold fucking one house in the last two years. And these people think they fucking know everything. And to give credit where credit's due, they probably used to. Yeah. Right. They probably, Absolutely. and I'm not trying to freaking downplay anybody that's been in the industry for a they long time. They probably killed it. They probably yeah. did. Yeah. They probably did. But we all know just like they did back then when they were killing it back then, they probably thought the same thing. Those old dinosaurs, they don't know how to sell houses these yeah. days. Nowadays it's, it's not that I don't think they know how to sell houses these days. It's that they make things so fucking difficult because they've fallen so far behind, yeah. especially with the tech revolution and how much, uh, how much technology now plays into our industry. They've fallen so far behind that yeah. where they still think the MLS is going to get sent to them as a book once a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's that they're in a position where they just, I mean, shit, dude, I know an agent that still, signs documents on the fucking three sheet carbon copy. I'm not kidding. I am not fucking may kidding. May or may not be my grandfather. It's, it is not him. I will throw that out there. It's not him. But I mean, where that, that blows my fucking mind, dude, they were in my experience in my limited experience. They are the most difficult people that I've ever worked with are, I mean, the brand new agents are easy to work with. Yep. Especially for us, because I'm not, you know, we don't try to take advantage of other people. Yeah. If I'm working with a brand new agent, it's their first or second deal. I don't care if they're with our brokerage or not, or if they're on the other side or not. We'll get through negotiations, and then I'll call and be like, hey, let's AAR about this. Let's have a little after-action review. So this is what we talked about. This is how shit went down. I obviously got my way, but... In the future, <laughs> in the future, here's what, here's something that might help you out. And some yeah. of them take it like, that's dope. Thank you. Yeah. Some of them are like, you don't know me. You don't tell me how to live my life. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. for me, it's come from a place of contribution yeah. uh, because of the fact that every, I mean, what is there like 24,000 licensed real estate agents just in 20, San Diego yeah. County? 20 something. 27, excuse me. Holy 20 fuck. something. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. I thought you said 27. I think it's between <laughs> 20 and 23,000. Anyway, um, yeah. that's a lot of fucking people, and some of us are great, and some of us really fucking suck. Yeah. But if we can all help each other out, if we can lift each other up as an industry, the whole fucking industry will be lifted up. I don't Thank give you. a shit what brokerage you work for. I don't care how long you've been in. I don't care how short you've been in. It doesn't fucking matter. If I can do something to help out another agent, right? Yeah. One of my escrows right now, I've worked with this agent before. Her and I had a great transaction before. We're having a great transaction once again because of the fact that we built that rapport. She's not KW. She was with another brokerage back then. She's with a different one now. But because I know how she operates and because she knows how I operate, she accepted our offer over fucking 15 others. Yeah. Because not only of that, she allowed your clients to get in to view the property before everyone else too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I called her and I was yeah. like, "What's up, Kim? How you doing?" Like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, yeah, dude." You know what I mean? Anyway, whatever. Not to. It's all about communication. I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to toot my own horn by any means. My point to that is that coveting information is a fucking thing of the past. Yeah. Trying to trying to freaking I'm just trying to get mine semper. I fuck the other guy. Is it that's that's old school shit. Yeah. That's not how this industry needs to run nowadays. Exactly. If we can create a winning environment for everybody, that's the <clears> fucking key. Those are the easiest transactions you'll ever have. And those are the happiest buyers you'll ever have. And those are the happiest sellers you'll ever have. For sure. Oh, yeah. And and a lot of a lot of realtors just don't understand that this industry, as big as it is, with 20-something thousand agents in just our market alone, that the industry is very small. Yeah. Because the licensed agent circle is way big. And for the listeners out there, you can't see my hands, but I'm making a circle circle really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> and the producing agent circle is much smaller. Mm. Everybody in that producing agent circle knows each other. Sure. True. They all know what production you do. And if they don't, they can easily jump on HomeSnap and figure mm -hmm. it out. Yep. They all know each other. Mm -hmm. So I always tell our agents, no matter how pissed off you are, no matter how the other side is treating you. Don't burn that bridge. You, Leave your ego at the door. Don't yep. burn that bridge mm -hmm. because chances are you're going to run into them again yep. in the next month, six months, 12 months. But guess what? They will always remember your name. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't remember your face, they're going to go, Brian Britton. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think I did a deal with him two years ago. That he was actually pretty cool. Okay, so Right? Yeah. <laughs> Nate, on the other hand. No. <clears throat> but I, I hear it all the time. You yeah. know, like, uh, for example, you know, there's certain individuals that have the name where you hear it and you cringe. You're like, oh, mm, I don't yeah. know if I want to work with that person. Why? Because they've made their business that way. They've made their reputation that way. So we all know when we work with those individuals that it's going to be a hard transaction to transact in. Exactly. And I've, I've used exactly what you're talking about as cautionary tales to my clients in mm -hmm. the past where I'm, I bring a buyer into a house. I see an agent as on the list side that I know who they are and now how they operate. I know that they're unethical. Yep. I know that they like to hide things. I know that they've been sued a million fucking times and I know that they're snake oil salesmen and I know what I'm getting myself into. So I will explain that you know, through past experience to my, to my clients, I had one deal, uh, up in freaking uh, up in Ontario a couple years back, which is, I mean, good three hours from here. One of my good buddies from back home that was working with a wholesaler or that the, the seller side was a wholesaler, right? They're fucking four or 500 deals a year kind of thing. Yeah. Big company up in LA. Um, <clears throat> they fucking did such a bad job on the flip. They did such a terrible fucking job with this house that it turned into my client going to litigation about it with them. And their their law firm 
was the their lawyers that they had with them were so fucking on point that there wasn't anything we can do. They were just fucked, yeah. basically. So recently, we've recently sold that place, or help, I've recently helped them sell that place and buy a new one, and they're way stoked on it. But um, that same company up in LA, I think, tried to sprawl into San Diego a little bit. And I had one of my past clients that um, that went and looked at a property. They wanted to see this house. Looked bitching in the pictures. Nice bitching little beach house in IB, you know, freaking outdoor shower, like the whole yeah. beachy vibe, all that shit. It was dope, dude. In the photos, it was fucking awesome. And in real life, the house looked really fucking cool too. But I saw the fucking listing agent. Ugh. I was like, oh, dear God. So I, I you know you know we went and looked at the house of course because i'm gonna look at the house and it looked cool but it also looked exactly the same all the same finishes all the same oh, shortcomings all the same little corners that were cut in that house i saw it in this house so once my clients were done looking at it you know once we were done with the walkthrough we went outside and we talked about it yeah we really like it and i said i need to tell you guys a story <laughs> and I did and they were like fuck this house yeah. dude you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and I probably saved them from a ton of potential fucking headache because oh, for sure. because I know how that company fucking rolls I know how they operate and I know that they cut corners I know that they do things fucking very very illegitimately but they're also very fucking good at paperwork and wording and they have a fucking amazing law firm that will keep them all the way out of trouble also they have a tendency, so it's one big umbrella company that's got a whole bunch of different little corporations underneath it that when this one gets sued, they dissolve it. Wow. And then they start another <laughs> one with the same fucking people that did that same bad wow. job. It's fucking wild, dude. It that the and the the fucking amount of market share they have up in LA yeah. is fucking scary, dude. It's insane. It is yeah. fucking insane. But looked up that company and they've been sued. 50, 60 times, some shit like that in the past couple of years. Wow. Just it's, recently. That's funny. Crazy. Same fucking reason. I got a funny story too. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've told you, Brian, but uh, probably same company. There was, there was a flip of a condo in um, downtown area, right? Go to the condo and they had expert, you could tell they had expert photographers that had you know, photoshopped everything. Yeah, yeah. But you get there and it was like it was nothing like the photos. Really? Like everything. The the garage from me from the garage doors being white in the photos to being charcoal gray. I mean so bad. Hell was, yeah. That's how you know it's there was, good. Yeah. There was baby <laughs> diapers, baby diapers like lining the sidewalk. And when I got into the unit, I I thought for sure I was gonna fall through the unit. <laughs> it was so bad. So did split. they buy it? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah they're yeah. super happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, every single cupboard door would not close. Wow. Every single step was creaking. Like, I, Dang. we thought we were gonna fall through. Wow. Hell yeah! It That's was crazy. so, so, so bad. That's awesome. So. But, I, I kind of want to. I want to circle back a little yeah. bit because we talked a little bit about like what the problem was with, yeah. you know, with us and kind of moving. And I wanted, I want to really bring that full circle because I, I want to talk you up, honestly, yeah. like you did a fucking amazing job for us and we're, and we're here for, for good. Um, he's got one more beer to crack. Yeah, open, dude. By the way, oh, too. thanks, Get on dude. It, bro. 
I am <laughs> My Happy bad. beer. Um, so. Oh wait, I got to do the honorary. Uh, yeah, get in there. There we go. There it is. Yeah, it caught on to that one pretty quick. Huh? <laughs> this so, episode sponsored by no. Tip of the Spear Beer. There you go. Tip of the Spear. Salute <laughs> and cheers. Salute. So, um, love you, gentlemen. By the way. I love you guys, man. So you put, I mean, after that initial conversation at Burning Beard, you put some amazing things into play that that just fucking, I think that, I mean, obviously it got us, it it kept us here, and you know we're not going fucking anywhere now. Um, But also, I feel like you created an atmosphere of learning for... Um, for the middle of the, the middle of the road agents, like the the ones that are in the middle, not the fucking mega producers yeah. that are the five hundred thousand or five hundred plus deals per year, and you know that are. I mean, this is obviously a good deal for them being at KW. I'm not trying to sell anybody on anything on that, and that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. And obviously, you know, this is a great training company for brand new agents. But where KW was missing the mark a long, for a long time was exactly at the middle of the road agents that were mm-hmm. like, you know, where we are, where we're building this team and trying to build this big thing that's yeah. going to fucking, you know, last and be there to, to help, you know, to help service our military and our veteran community. Um, but also other agents that are at our production level, that are building teams as well, mm-hmm. that are expanding as well, all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> I feel like you really did a good job of bridging that gap because you've put me in front of a lot of high caliber people. Um, you have create, you have put me in front of a coach that's fucking amazing now that, that I'm working with now mm-hmm. that's just doing fucking great things for my team. You've helped me with recruiting. I've brought on what three agents now because of you. That's yeah. Emmeline, um, has and Hillary. Hillary. No, Hillary was me. I think she called me. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you told me to reach out, but that was not me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but- so we got two, two of my agents on our team and you've sent several more my way. Yeah. So you've helped me with training. You've helped me with recruiting that, uh, that mastermind session that you're starting or that you've started that you're doing monthly now and you're bringing an exclusive, uh, like an exclusive amount. There's, there's not just every agent's invited. Mm-hmm. This is an invite right. only thing right. for people that you know, that are, there that are mm-hmm. this is where they are where we are this is where you know or where i am or whatever um and this is where they need help with and stuff like that you've created all this stuff and you've created this air of training and collaboration with so many fucking people um mm. I, I i want you to talk on it a little bit because i know there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that i haven't seen but i want you to to kind of talk about you know where you as you know not just the not just the team lead ceo of kw you know uh east foothills but also you know what you've created just around the county for um for agents that are right at our level and that are thinking about like where we were thinking about you know potentially leaving the company to go to greener pastures what you've done what you've created and how we're now you know helping agents to to have value here right yeah. and not feel bad about you know having to potentially leave a brokerage they love because they're ready to step to the next level and right. that's not available <clears throat> right and i and i'll definitely speak on that and and quite frankly <clears throat> it's our job to retain it's our job to recruit right sure. whenever we hear that an agent is leaving it just tells us that we're not doing a good enough job either putting the right amount of content or training in front of you or providing you with enough support. 
<clears throat> so like I said many times is that that was an eye opener for me. So I realized that we're just not doing a good enough job. And there are competitors out there that are doing it better than us, right? And what really <clears throat> bothered me in the past that really doesn't bother me anymore is that literally they do everything the same, except mm -hmm. they make the content right there ready to go for you to download or for you to go watch or whatever. We have the same. The space that we're lacking in is that we don't make it very, very easy to access. Sure. Like this competitor did. So 100% <clears throat> agree. Right? Because everything that I did for you, Brian, was literally there. I just had to go look for it. Sure. But here's the thing is that if I find it hard to find all this content for my agents, how hard would it be for my agents to find it themselves? Absolutely. And for me, I'm running a team. I don't have the time exactly. to sit and dig through a library of fucking 300 page books to try to find an answer, right? Exactly. So 100%, you're right. It's all there. KW has the whole fucking from I just got my license to I'm a fucking multi-billionaire yeah. monster team creation, blah, blah, blah. Um, fuck, what were we talking about now? Oh, yeah, the, the book. So, yeah, KW has everything from I just got my license to now I'm a fucking I own multiple market centers. I'm in fucking three, three, 300 billion fucking dollar a year production and the whole process from here to here. Yeah, but I don't have the time. Nor the end. I basically fucking think about me as an illiterate, illiterate person. I know how to read, kind of, but I don't. Have, I got time for that shit, man. You, you can you read good? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What do you? Don't judge me. No. This guy but, has the best attention to detail out of anybody that I know. Yeah. So don't let him fool you. Okay. Regardless, he should be a lawyer. I don't. I do not have. My point is that me personally, and I know a lot of agents are that way, where. I don't have time to read through tens of thousands of pages of Correct. hundreds of fucking books that KW puts out that are all great. Correct. They're all great content and they all provide a lot of fucking value. But if I'm spending time transacting, if I'm spending time running my team, if I'm spending time trying to build right. everything that I'm building, just a, to your point, I don't have the time to sit and freaking read 50 books a week. Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think that even, I mean, you recently just handed the folder to me. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you yeah. basically took a whole, like maybe 20 books and condensed them down into one folder of that like 20 correct. pages. That I was like cliff notes. Oh my yeah. God. Dude. Which <laughs> was awesome. like reading through this, like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But <laughs> exactly what you needed, right? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> if I didn't provide you that binder, guess where you would have to look for it in the MREA. Mm -hmm. But here's the biggest problem is that just like you just said, a lot of our real estate agents, especially at the production level that you're at, don't have the time to read a book. Sure. As, as, as sucky as that sounds, and, I don't have time to read yeah. a book. And, and I'm we, the team leader. To be you know fair, I mean? we could create the time, but for me, I'm distracted the whole time. If I'm exactly. creating time to read, because Nate and I actually uh, put it where we're like, we actually put in our calendar, read 10 pages of the MREA yeah. per day. And we were going to burn through the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Where do we get to page 60? <laughs> you Wait. got to page 60. Okay. So some <laughs> of us read less than others. I'm not going to say no, any names. Yeah. Brian's very, very Here's an example for you. I, I don't know if you guys are religious at all. Do you guys go to church? No. Born and okay. raised, but we're Me not too. so much anymore. Born and raised Christian. But here's the thing is that people go to church to hear the pastor speak, how many of them that go to church read do you really Bible. think read the Bible? Sure. They don't. 
but they will go to church to learn from somebody speaking those words, those same exact words that came from the Bible, right? So why can't we better ourselves by having some trainers that teach directly from the MREA or condense it in a way where it's a lot easier to read and understand mm -hmm. at the realtor level where I know your biggest priority is going on that listing appointment <clears throat> or those two to three listing appointments that you go on a day or having a buyer consult or training your new teammate that just joined the team, mm -hmm. right? It's Cliff Notes. Yeah. I mean, I graduated college just from Cliff Notes. Yeah. Damn. I never I'm read jealous. a book. <laughs> <laughs> I never read a book. Yeah. I fucking <clears throat> knew it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, and as, as, as crazy as this sounds, I'd much rather read like the latest drama with Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the face <laughs> on Facebook than Hilarious. I will picking up a book and actually reading through it. It sucks. Yeah. But that's life. That's, that, yeah, that's it is and we're in 2022, is, man. man. If Just I can listen been around to since yeah, no. but I will tell you this is that on my 50 to minute to an hour commute to the office, I put on my audio book and I listen to the MREA. I listen to the shift. I listen to Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. It's much easier to, to digest the real estate podcast. <clears throat> I should. Hey, real I should. Can you send me the link, please? Yeah. Yeah. We got we, some good ones. We're on yeah. every fucking platform, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump on it. Yeah. Um, but, but going back to what you were saying, Brian, is that I did just what I am trained to do. I'm, I'm trained to hear your issues and problems and find a solution. Mm -hmm. Love it. So there, there's nothing great that I did. I just did what I had to do. I did what my position allows me to do. I disagree with that. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> Vehemently. Very much disagree with that because I feel like a lot of people um, would have taken that meeting and just been like, eh, let's just throw the MREA at him. Oh, let's just give him this or that or whatever. But you, like, almost got demonic about, like, making this thing your fucking, your mission. Like, dude, why we have to do fucking better. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I mean, we talked a couple of times during that three-week window. We are like, dude, I'm fucking working on some shit. I got this, 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 and this going on. Just fucking stand by. Yeah. And I, and I did. And the things that you created were fucking amazing, dude. Like... It, Take, take it or leave it and, you know, accept credit or not. But I feel like you created a lot of shit um, that has turned not just my business around, but has also impacted so many fucking people, especially with, I mean, you recruited the other, the other market centered uh, freaking team leads, right? You brought in or you fucking created a whole game plan of how you're going to create value. You've done so much shit to do exactly that. Where, where, what, what, you know, places where we are lacking before, you know what because I mean? Because he so, and Joe care. Huh? Yeah. Because he and Joe care. Totally. A hundred percent. So like you can say one thing or another about, oh, I just did my job. Bullshit, dude. Anybody could be a team leader and say, oh yeah, I'll just recruit a couple people and what the fuck ever. <clears throat> but you doing what you did, um, not just helped keep us here. But I feel like it's also that you've created something that will bring so many people so much value in the future that I don't think there's, you know, if, if that what you're doing continues and what you've created continues to turn into something much bigger. I don't think that that <clears throat> issue is going to be a freaking thing anymore. Yeah. For KW, you know, <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll hit kind of like an emotional note here. Uh, right. Because there, there's a couple of handfuls of individuals that if they were to leave, I would really have to seriously question my position here at KW. You're one of them. 
You and your team gay. is hey. <laughs> a little gay, but you know, no homo. I will, no. I will fine print it with that. Hey, is, he knows. I, he knows. Yeah. And, and no homo. I, dude, and I Maybe appreciate that because I mean, you know, we've, you and I have been friends for a long time yeah. at this point and you know, it, even just to ask you and Joe to go meet me at that brewery that day was fucking painful, dude. Well, here's the thing too, is that a, a, a lot of our agents appreciate what we do. A lot of our agents don't really understand what we do. And a lot of agents, quite frankly, just don't really appreciate what we do. No hate to any of those levels, but I will tell you this is that there's a lot of backend stuff that our agents don't see that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis that's highly stressful like managing uh, the incoming company dollar versus the outgoing expenses, sure. right? That's a constant struggle. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but for our, our operation to run smoothly, it takes about a hundred to $120,000 a month to keep things going. It's a big company, yeah. dude. <clears throat> yeah. So what's that yearly? Yearly, uh, like you're million, looking at probably a million five, no? somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing is that, you know, the agents that understand it never complain. The agents that don't understand it or are unappreciative will always complain. Yeah. And Brian, what I love about Brian is that whenever he asks of something, it always comes from a very um, cordial and nice place. Whereas True. if another agent that is unappreciative asked for the same thing, they'd be like, you do it or else. <laughs> yeah. For example, like this door, we've been trying to put that in for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I get a text message on average once or twice a week from Brian. But it's always like, hey, what's up, bro? It's usually a picture with him with an axe yeah. right next to the wall yeah. um, that lights a fire under me. I'm like, Sherry, I don't know if he's serious or not. He might just make a hole himself. It's, it's not, that's not off the table. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I would be lying if I said that I didn't have my favorite group of agents that rarely complain that promotes KW the way that they should promote it. Uh, and then there are certain agents that I quite frankly try to avoid because these agents, all they do is complain. That's all life. they do Great. is talk about how much we don't support and how much we suck. Mm -hmm. But they've been here for four years and they have a great split and they have a great cap, you know what I mean? And they do a ton of business. They're making a million bucks where we're making 20, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> but... It is what it is, right? We deal with it. So um, to answer your question, honestly, Brian, is that if you would have left, I would be shocked if I was even still here. Because at the end of the day, oh. there, there are a couple of handfuls of agents that I consider very close friends of mine. And if they left, if any of them left, what am I even doing here? Like, dude, we're, we're close friends. Sure. For you to leave and not trust me in, in fixing whatever we need to fix, mm -hmm is a direct correlation with what I'm doing and how good of a job I'm doing. Totally. Right. And that's, and that's Sounds why like he's going to get a tip of the spear tattoo. <clears throat> hey, dude, I wouldn't mind actually. <laughs> I'm actually getting full sleeves done. So that go. might there be an addition. I am too, actually. Um, so yeah. that's, so, but that's, I mean, exactly why, like I have a ton of respect for you guys and that's exactly why I fucking brought the issue to you rather than being like, Hey, I'm the fuck out. Adios dorks. Yeah. You know, it was, <laughs> Hey, fucking, you know, I love you guys. I, I, owed a lot of my success up to where I was at at that point to Joe. Yeah. 100%. And to Val, who was my mentor yeah. when I first started. I still looked at her for a lot of stuff. Uh, she used to be Joe's executive assistant. She works with another team now, but still a very, very close friend of mine. Like this, this company and the people in it have grown to be my family, you know? 
and it, it was it was a painful thought yeah. that my agents weren't getting what they needed and it was even more painful that i couldn't provide them what they needed at the time i agree i i completely understand that and and i can look you guys in the eyes and tell you that there's no brokerage out there at least as far as i know that would care about the agents as much as we do. Sure. And and I say that with a straight face, not joking at all. I'll give you the perfect example. We had an agent that went to mediation. She got sued. <clears throat> we had both Joe, the broker owner, and Monica Greenwood, the risk management director, in a virtual court setting in our big conference room at 1030 Fletcher. And both of them were in there with our agent fighting this mediation case for nine hours. Which doesn't, wow. I mean, that, that nine hours, to nine give, hours dude. to give context to that. How many agents do we have at our brokerage? Currently we have 278, nine hours devoted to one motherfucker. one agent. Okay. Damn. You have the broker owner and the director of risk management that also produces her own business in that virtual court setting for nine hours, defending this one agent. Tell me they won. We settled. It wasn't a win for either side, but I'm happy with it because it, it could have gotten a lot worse. Is this with the, the new lawyer or the old lawyer? This was with the old lawyer. The new lawyer is awesome, but I'll introduce you guys at a future date. Sure. But I will tell you this. We, we've been privy to the new lawyer. Yeah. yeah the new she's, lawyer is... She's amazing. She's pretty great. <laughs> Wait, we're not dogging the old lawyer, Wait, she. but the new lawyer is amazing. We might not be talking about the same lawyer because <laughs> the new one that we got is a fucking animal. Yeah. Good. This we're, guy we're is so woman. aggressive. I actually hired him for one of my things, suing okay. the, the landscaper that uh, did his yeah. whack-ass job at our San Marcos property. All right. Oh, interesting. Well, hey, we're <clears> – <throat> sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. We're approaching two hours. Yeah. I would say let's um, – we, we've covered a lot of yeah. – a lot of ground. Um, let's talk about information, right? And so on, on, for a lot of businesses, systems and processes are what make and break a company or an agent or whatever. What, if any systems and processes do you prefer? Systems and processes for teams, for the team leader position. Do you recommend for, yeah, either one. Well, I mean, I can I can always tell you many systems and processes, but the traditional three to four hours of lead gen every day and the later afternoon for your appointments is what I stick with. And it's what I do personally as a team leader. It's what I teach our agents to do as a brand new agent. Is there anything specific that you do want you to do? Do you have like a specific um, system that you use or recommend, like not just hour-wise, but like, is there a CRM that you recommend? I'm not talking about agents, but like, <laughs> I'm talking about business people. Don't do it. I will tell you this. The best CRM in the world is the one you fucking is use. the one that you use. There yep. you go. Right. All right. If it's, if it's follow up boss, great. If it's Boomtown, great. If it's K- Sync, great. KW's got a really great system that they're if building to now. Yeah. Yeah. KW Command, that's great. Yeah. But the CRM literally is the best or the best CRM literally is the one that you use. If it's an Excel spreadsheet, great, as long as you can manage it the right way, yeah. right? But if it's on an Excel spreadsheet, how are you supposed to drip on your past clients? So outside of, outside of real estate, are there any systems or processes that you recommend? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. I go on a five-mile jog. Bullshit. Come home, <laughs> eat, 
take three eggs to the dome. Okay. Uh, you mean you hit yourself in the face with them or you just eat them? Yeah, I just eat them straight up with <laughs> shells and everything. No, I mean, <laughs> you have to keep in mind that like my life has changed dramatically over the last 15 years. Uh, All of ours. Have. Yeah. Having sure. kids, number one, was a huge shift in my life because uh, I was never a systems and processes kind of guy, you know, uh, before I had my kids. But after having kids, I realized that I really needed to stick to a certain schedule especially in my current situation. And for all you listeners out there, it's a little personal, but two different kids, two different moms. So do right? you time so block? I do time block like so crazy. Time block is a, a huge thing for process. me. Yes. Yes. Time blocking. Uh, I don't necessarily do it on the weekends, but during my, my work days, I'm time blocked like a mother, man. Like I need to know exactly where I need to be at, at every minute of my eight to 12 hour work day. Nice. Did you create your own or did you like grab somebody else's and then? You know, one thing that really changed uh, my time blocking was actually one of our KW agents, top producing agent. I looked at his schedule and I'm like, Gee, it looks like a rainbow, right? I, and I look at every little thing. Everything's color coded. Everything is time blocked. So he knows exactly where he needs to be at exactly what time, right? So for me, I've color coded all of my appointments. If it's an internal KW appointment, I have a color for that. If it's an external recruit, I have a color for that. If it's a personal thing, I have a different color for that. We, we, our team gets our own color, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're, we're black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're we, black. Get the, we get the black, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so color coding, time blocking is very important to me. And also, I mean, I try to take my lunch at a certain hour, you know, but that doesn't always work because uh, sometimes I have a 12 o'clock appointment. Sometimes I have a 12, 15, 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I realize at the end of the day that I, don't, I haven't even eaten yet, right? So I do lack in that space. <laughs> and that's a no-no That's a no-no. us. We yeah, no, it's, it. it's so funny. There, yeah, there's so many times where Nate and I will be sitting in the office just fucking grinding like crazy. <laughs> yeah. We've done a bunch of stuff, but all of a sudden it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon and we're both like, Real bitchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just realize we haven't eaten, so we'll go over to the, the little shop right here and yeah. grab or, some food. And... Or I'll surprise them. I'll be like, hey, I got food for us. Yeah. 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 That's Three eggs to the so, dome. Yeah. Three <laughs> eggs to the dome. Yeah. <laughs> right in your fucking face. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that would be a great... Uh, and I don't know, like, are we talking to agents? Are we talking to no, just regular just people? Okay. In yeah. general. Yeah. yeah. Regular people, I, I would say that the best advice I can give you is have a healthy balance between your personal and your business life. Yep. For the past two and a half years, I have devoted myself to KW and I've devoted myself to my business life. And I'm starting to see the reactions from my kids when I tell them that I can't make it to that event, you know, like killed me, absolutely killed me last week when my son, I don't know if you guys saw me post in the community group, but my son was running laps to raise money for the school. And, um, the day of, I'm dropping him off at school, and he's like, "So you're gonna be at, like back at like 11, right?" And I'm like, what the "Fuck, are you talking about? Like, you don't get picked up till 3:45." <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, like I'm doing my laps today." And I'm like, "I completely forgot about that. I'm so sorry. I I, I have a full packed day, back to back appointments at the office. Yep. Is it recorded? Can I can I come by later?" And he's like. You know, Dad, it's not that big of a deal. Don't worry yeah, about it. It's Have fine. a good day at work. Oh, he's right seven. in the heart, dude. Right in Damn. the fucking heart. He's seven, dude. Mm. Do you know how much that hurt me? Yeah. yeah. That's not the oh. first time that it's happened. You know, yeah. so my best advice is to have a healthy balance. Know where your kids are going to be at. Know what events are coming up. 
know to balance your work life with your personal life. Yeah. I, at this point in my career, I'm willing to even cancel my appointments to make it to one event of oh, my yeah. sons or my daughters. Absolutely. They mean the world to me. They're, they're my only, big why. They're only oh, young yeah. ones, man. You know exactly. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, it's the same thing for me with my family. There was, when I was a newer agent still figuring this shit out, yeah. um, so much of my personal life just got put on the back burner, which is stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense for me because a part of the a big part of the reason that I left fire and got into real estate to make my own schedule was because I was really sick and tired of missing my daughter's birthdays. Yep. I was really sick and tired of missing, you know, family events, yep. their school functions, all that shit. I was really sick and tired of doing yep. that. And then I got into real estate. And now I'm working fucking 18 hour days, <laughs> like, fucking skipping all that, you know? And, and I realized like, okay, yeah, cool. I can, focus all of my time, effort, and energy on real estate. And yeah, yeah. I may be somebody that does fucking a billion dollars in a year. But I'm going to get divorced, and I'll never see my kids again. Exactly. And is that that important to me? Of course not. Fuck that. Exactly. Family's more important than anything. Family, yeah. You take care of your family, you take care of your friends. You take yeah. care of your fucking people first. Exactly. Your tribe has to be number one, right? So... That's the, a big part of exactly that. And we're talking about time blocking and stuff. I have in my calendar, I'm not working at this time because this is wife time. Yeah. This is kid kid for this thing time. Where yeah. whatever the fuck I got going on, like it's I'm not leave me the fuck alone. I'm with my family. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's so important. And not it's a just, constant work in progress, man. Totally. I mean, we, we can't completely flip the switch and say, well, I'm all personal now and no business, right? There has to be healthy yeah. balance. But, but I, you, you do have to fight for both. You do. You yeah. do. And I'll catch myself sometimes like, you know, us in real estate, I mean, real estate and mortgage, you're always talking to clients and they'll talk to you from seven in the morning till 10 PM at night. Right. Sometimes even midnight. Get that. No. Get if, that text if, message if, at 11.30 p.m. Yeah. 2.30, 3.30, 5.30 in the morning because they're on fucking CQ duty. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 And, and I not, catch... Not to bitch, but we'll get back to you when we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in exactly. Time. Yeah. And exactly. they know it, too. Yeah. And, and I'll they catch myself, it. too. Like... You won't believe like how many text messages and emails and phone calls I get a day from our agents alone. I right? bet. And, and these go into the the... 10 p.m., 11 p.m. hour. And it always starts off with, hey, Eric, I'm so sorry for bothering you so late. But let me borrow you so Yeah, late. <laughs> but do you know blah, 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 right? I need an answer within five so, minutes. You're like, fuck. Like, exactly. We've, we've, we've kind of developed a thing where if it's after seven, hey, it's the next day we, yeah. we respond. Yeah. Nobody else and, is working, dude. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No, there's, there's nothing that needs to be handled at nine o'clock at night that can't be handled at nine o'clock the next morning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And why I say it's a work in progress is because sometimes I'll catch myself. I get home, usually throw on my sweats and, and I, I lay down and instantly I'm on my, I'm on my phone responding to emails that I missed during that hour and a half from leaving the office until getting home. Right. And I'm like answering those emails. And my why son, are you doing that? Exactly. Yeah. Which is guilty. why it's still a work in progress. Right. Guilty. Yeah. As it, much as I preach it, I still don't do it 100%. Mm. I cannot let my phone go because I'm like, what if I let my phone go for three hours and I have an agent that's like, answer this or else, right? And it sucks to think that way, I know. But sometimes I'll catch myself and I'm like responding to an email like, and you know like when you're on a good one, you're like, da, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. And I'll hear my son in the background going, daddy, daddy, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
and I'll say yes to something that's completely random. Like, yeah. can I go outside and shit my pants? Something like that. And <laughs> hey, I'm like, Dad, wait, I, I said yes to that? I got this fork. Can I stick it in this <laughs> yeah. electric outlet? Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Send it, kid. So no it's balls, like, I, you won't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's still a work in progress. I'm, I'm trying to correct as much as I can. And now when I get home, usually like after eight, I don't answer anything. Unless it's Good. like something that's really like an emergency. And I'm like, okay, how, how can I help? But not only that, I get my loan clients that are like, hey, I'm signing loan docs at 9 p.m. I need you to answer A, B, and C. And I have to jump in. I sure. have to jump on my laptop and, and look at the, the loan docs or whatnot. So we all do what we do to make more money for our big why. And our big why usually is our kids, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of contradicting where we ignore them to make more money to take care of them. It's right. like, can we make a little less money and just spend more time with but them? But you got to find that balance. Exactly. Yeah. So have you, there's a guy named David Serpa. Have you heard of him? Yeah. He's a musician I believe too. I have. So David Serpa right? uh, no. is a, he was a, re, he is, I think, a real Marine? He, yep, Marine Corps veteran, 0331. Oh, yeah. He's a musician too. Yes, he is. Yeah. So um, he wrote a book called The Machine Gunner's Guide to Real Estate. It is fucking incredible. Like, the, you can tell the guy's got ADD. You can read, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Audiobooks, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cliff no, But, um, what one thing that he mentions in his book is in, in that book is that um, he will he's he's created this system with his kids where he'll give them a little card right where it's 15 minutes of kid kid time no matter fucking what time of day it is right so if he's at home working the kid can pull the card and be like me time <laughs> and he turns all his shit off he That's gets awesome. up walks out of his office. You got 15 minutes on the clock, baby. And he goes outside and they fucking play and do play, you know, whatever the fuck they do. But he, and spends, he takes the car and he fucking throws it. Yeah, right. Yeah. He spent, but he, he forfeits 15 minutes of his time devoted to his business yeah. and just goes out. And that fucking 15 minutes may say, I mean, for us in, fucking brilliant. in business, yeah. it's a fucking blink of an eye. Yeah. 15 minutes can pass and fucking who cares, whatever. Yeah. But that kid, you just made that kid's week. Exactly. Right. So at the end of it, at the end of the day or the next morning, if the kid deserves it, they get their card back and they can go fucking pull it at any time. Yeah. So Damn. that's something that. That's um, a blast from the past, man. That's something that I I've... actually have the same system for my kids. It's 30 seconds, though. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that card. You don't rate. I usually cut it off but, at 20, but it's a yeah. blast. It's <laughs> a blast from the past because I heard, I heard David Serpa play out at uh, yeah, the the Cammies of Canines. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. that's some old school stuff, right? Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, Good I mean, crew. that's that's what I'm talking about. You got to find the freaking balance, man, for sure. Yeah, There's, I think so too. You, I mean, time blocking's great. All the stuff that you do is great. But to your point, Eric, um, <clears throat> you have a big wine that's your kids, and you work your ass off to make sure that your kids are taken care of. Yeah. But the most important thing to them is that dad's there hanging with them. Exactly. You know what I mean? So exactly. how do you find that fucking balance, right? Yeah. That's always the big fucking question. How do we find the balance between I have to be at work to make sure that you dummies aren't going to wind up on a fucking stripper yeah. pole, but also, it's not me, but not also me. how do I find that balance to where I'm not spending all of my time just with the kids and then we don't have a house anymore. Now we live in a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's I I think I think that's a very uh that's a very real struggle that everybody has. Yeah. But 
we just have to fucking find a way to make it work. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you saw my trip from uh, like the, th- the, I think like the three or four days that I took off, right? Went to Legoland one day, the very next day went to Disneyland. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, dope. yeah, because, you sorry. know, my kids need that time. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was that's, tough. That's rough, to kill myself, though, man. But. To go from Legoland to Disneyland. Yeah. 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 It, it was tough. But, you know, but they loved it. But they're stoked. And you're just like, oh, my God, I'm in this line for three fucking hours. Oh, no, I was answering emails. <laughs> hey, I was going to say, so uh, I have uh, something to tell you that might yeah. blow your fucking mind. Do it. How long do you think that I spend uh, in my emails each day? Mm, fuck. Um, that's probably something that's n- not something that I can guess. It's probably about 10 minutes. I swear. I'm not kidding. Do you do it in the morning, in the afternoon? What? I don't do it at all. It's him. Oh, snap. Well, he's got me and he's got Kara. So, uh, yeah. So what I do, because we're talking about like answering emails and coming yeah. back and stuff like that. 99% of shit that comes through my email, I don't have to fucking be the person right. that responds to it. My escrow manager can handle it. Yeah. My ops manager can handle it. My right. buying agent can handle it, right? For you, you have your, your virtual assistant, right? I mean, it, anything that you can do to me, emails are. So, and I know so many agents that all they do is sit in their fucking email and just, I got to respond to this right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately. You and I have a mutual friend that is that way. Yes. That is just fucking, yes. that's all he does. Like he's just in his email and he yeah. can't help himself. Yeah. I can't be fucking bothered. You know what I mean? With when it comes to like tra- transactional emails that come through. Everybody knows what's happening. Yeah. Everybody knows how a real estate deal goes. And if something that something comes up, some decision point comes up, my admin's going to tell me. Yeah. My, my escrow manager's going to tell me, Hey dude, you check the, uh, check your email for this one. Yeah. I started. All right. Dope. Get in there for two minutes, read it, figure out what the situation is. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Fucking done. Yeah. Motherfucker. 10 minutes, baby. That's it. The email is a time sap, dude. So if you can figure out my, my advice and the reason I told you that is because of the fact that what you're talking about, 10 o'clock at night answering emails. Um, Fuck that. Yeah. Get that shit out of there, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The emails are something that 100% can be for, number one. Most of them are fucking bullshit. It's somebody trying to get your business or somebody trying to sell you something or some exactly. spam nonsense. Yeah. But the ones that matter, the shit that uh, the shit that I get in through my emails that's transactional that's this or that or whatever, that's what my admin's job is. Because if I'm sitting in my email responding to shit all day every day, I'm taking time away from what I should be doing, which is dealing with my clients, yeah, recruiting, getting more deals, getting more freaking business, helping more people out, doing all the things that I need to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's something that I, I <clears throat> when I hired my uh, my second admin. The second, the second, my second hire ever was Kara. Um, yeah. And when I brought her in, I was like, here's my email password. This is your problem now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say on the KW side, I, I don't have that set up just because the emails that I get usually can only be responded by me. Sure. You know, obviously as a team leader. Totally. On the loan side though, I do have an assistant where if it's anything to do with the process itself, collecting docs or anything like that. She handles it. That's your LOA. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's a client that says, hey, I'm not happy with the rate that we locked in, interest rates dropped, I have to handle that conversation. Of course. Yeah. Or I think if, you'd be surprised, though, if you got somebody that were that you trusted and that you knew 
and that had been in the industry for, yeah. you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. I'm I'd like, gonna... I'd like to make it very clear right now that I'm not doing that. <laughs> not me. Don't even ask. <laughs> but do you, do they respond as you? So yes. it depends if it's, if it's, <laughs> yes, a, it depends. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and depends. It does depend. Yeah. If it's, if it's something that Nate can handle, yeah. that's it's, Hey, freaking contingencies are due tomorrow. Um, you know, let us know when we can send, right. He's going to, Hey bro, uh, full CRs due tomorrow. Where are we at? Yeah. I already know where we're at. Cause I've talked to the clients. I've yeah. freaking talked to yeah, the yeah. inspector. I know what's going on with the deal because I still have my finger on the pulse, Yeah, but I don't need to handle that check in the box shit. It's right. Yeah, dude, we're good. Send full fucking full send, send full yeah. CR. It's yeah, all yeah. good. And then he gets back in the email and responds fucking yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a two second conversation between me and him yeah that could have been a five minute freaking exactly email blast back and forth between one person and the next and communication this and that yeah. blah 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 you know what i mean yeah i agree so, and something where if he's at a barbecue and i know that he's at a barbecue i can respond back hey yeah he's in a barbecue yeah i gotta handle yeah you know or yeah. i can call him up and be like hey you gotta take a minute yeah. just to do this. Right. So you can have an assistant as do well. Do you actually pull a fifteen minute card for Brian too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, yeah. that's my fifteen no, minutes. No, when yeah. he calls, I answer. Because if he calls, yeah. I know it's something important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So you can have an assistant as well. Yeah. That says, Hey, I know you're not looking at emails, but hey, this popped up. <laughs> I I, I did minutes. have that at the previous company, but I was paying her just a ton of money. I feel like KW needs to hire you somebody. I feel that way too. Well, I yeah. have the I ha, I have the VA, but her sole focus is to dial for eight hours a day mm -hmm. and set me appointments. Sure. So I don't want to take her away from that because. So you need another one. I think I'm good. I'm you good need on the loan side. Yes. Yeah. After hours stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or or just remember. There's nothing that can be solved at 9 p.m. that can't be solved at 9 a.m. Exactly. Escrow's closed. Exactly. Fucking title companies are closed. Yeah. Most lenders don't answer their phone yeah. at that time. Like, to be fair, nor should they, honestly, respect yeah. every everybody's time. We as realtors and you being a fucking team lead for a real estate company are the only dumbasses on our phones at 10 o'clock yeah. at night going, oh, I got to answer this right now. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No. I got yeah. an email last Sunday from our lender. I was like. This is kind of cool. I yeah. like it, but what the fuck? Well, why are they sending me shit on Sunday? Here's sure. here's another wrench in that mix, right? Uh, is like for example, last night I was texting with an agent, potential recruit, at like 9:30 p.m. Mm -hmm. You know, the normal me would be, hey, this can be handled tomorrow morning, but I don't want to lose that recruit because I have to wow them, right? If I'm responding at 9:30 at night, then she's gonna know that we have her back. The leadership team is available. Right. Sure. So I, I have to show that I am available and I did respond with all the right answers for all the questions. But are you always going to respond to that person at 930 at night? For that person? Yeah. <laughs> any, any, okay, fair. Any recruit, let's say you bring them on board <clears throat> and they've been here for five years. Are you still going to respond to them at 530 at night or at 930 at night? What's their production level? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, if you're, if you're, any, any, my point is that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. dude, but my point is that anybody will respect your time if you put those fucking guys. Yes, absolutely. There. You know what and, I mean? I've had that with my clients in the past so many times where I'm like, Hey, look, dude, um, you know, I, Nate 
Nate's uh, the person that's in charge of uh, preparing offers for us now. Yeah. Um, I've had a client that's hit me up at eight o'clock at night just recently. What fucking a couple days ago? Hey man, uh, I really want to write an offer on this house. I said, dope. We'll get it done. Absolutely. However, it's eight o'clock at night. I really don't want to have. I really don't want to task one of my teammates to start working right now because it's nighttime and it's their time with their family. Is it cool if we pick that up in the morning? I got that was all through text. Yeah. That client called me and thanked me for saying that. Hell yeah. Because of the fact that that client's CEO calls them at fucking 930 at night and expects them to do work and it pisses them off. Like he's fucking in the Marine Corps, of course, but pisses him off. Like he's off work, libo secured, baby. That guy's on his own fucking time. Oh, yeah. CO calls you and goes, hey, we need to get this, this, and this done right now. And now you're working until fucking midnight. You got to show up at 530 in the morning. Yeah. That's fucked, dude. So when I texted him that, like, hey, 100%, I'm down. Let's pull the fucking trigger. We'll full send. But let me set this limit. My team's asleep. My yeah. teams, I, I let everybody off work. I really don't want to fucking activate yeah. my team. Yeah. And if we it got, all do that together. Yeah. And if it got to the point where he was like, no, dude, it has to happen right now. My response would have been like, all right, cool. And I would have fucking done it myself. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have bothered him. I wouldn't have bothered the rest yeah. of the team. Bullshit. That's <clears> their time. I'll be completely honest with you, man. Cause you know, Joe, Joe's just a workhorse, right? Mm -hmm. His only day off is Wednesday, which is his golf, golf. day. Yeah. And I completely <laughs> respect that. Yep. Because I, oh, I don't know if you guys need to go this. golfing with Joe. Yes, Our dude, let's version go. of golfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh snap. I don't, I don't even want to see that version. Yes, you do. <clears throat> so I kind of do, actually. <laughs> so with Joe, his only day off is Wednesday. A lot of the times you'll see him in the office Saturday and Sunday. Totally. Because that's his baby, man. You know what I mean? But he'll show up on like a Monday at 10 a.m. and he's just there. I'm like, he's the only one there. I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He's like, I don't know, working. Yeah, exactly. Go home, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> he loves to catch up on his emails on Saturday morning. So what I usually get are like three to five Joe emails. They're like, hey, Eric, what do you think of this? Hey, Eric, you should follow up with this. Hey, Eric, check this out. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I never respond. Of course. I respond Monday morning. Mm -hmm. I've set the tone with Joe. Good on you. That Joe, dude, Saturday and Sunday is my time. Part yeah. of the reason, a big part of my reason of jumping over to real estate side, working for Joe is that I know that I don't have to pound the pavement like I used to where, you know, dude, when I was a lender, I was working seven days a week, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, I was in the office, Saturday, Sunday, I was doing open houses. Yeah. So that's, that was my way to bring the business in the door. Now, thank God, luckily in my position now is that I can do the loan business on the side and thank God the last year was the biggest year yet for all of us. And I didn't even have to go for it. It was all past clients and all referrals. And 2020 and 2021, it was funny because they were both almost the exact amount of volume. 2020 was like 8.1 million. 20, 2021 was like 8.3 million. And I'm like, both years, I did no lead generating. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the KW office managing the, the KW East County office. And all the loan business that I did was from referrals and, and from, uh, from past clients. Fucking SOI. Yeah. Yep. And, I, and I felt really good about that. And it felt even better that I didn't have to go grind on Saturday and Sunday like most oh, of our yeah. agents do. They're mm -hmm. doing open houses, going out, knocking on doors, making cold calls, even on the weekends. Yep. Right? So 
Joe understands that. Joe understands that I'm not on the clock per se on Saturday and Sunday. I will respond to emergency emails like, hey, this agent has a, a flood at his new listing. You know, how do we combat this or something like that? I will have to jump on that. Mm-hmm. If it's a, a, a borrower going, hey, I need to submit an application to make an offer on Sunday. It's currently Saturday. Yeah, I'll jump on that. Yeah, sure. But Joe telling me, check out this new lead platform <laughs> and tell me what you think, that can wait till Monday. I'm totally. sorry. Yeah. And, and that's why I love Joe is that Joe doesn't ever force me to do anything that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I love Joe so much is that there's never been one idea that I thought was an awesome idea that I brought to him where he shunned me or told me that it was the worst idea in the world or anything like that. He's always super supportive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Eric, if you believe in that, I believe in it. Do yep. it. Fucking Let me send it. Yeah. Loyalty, baby. But here's what he asked for. Put it on an Excel spreadsheet and show me that. <laughs> I'm like, Joe, dude, just, just okay. trust me, man. Like, okay. Do I really have to put this Excel spreadsheet mm. together? Yeah, I I, I'm a visual so, person, Joe. so I want to see it. Mm. <laughs> but he, here's, he, he loves his spreadsheet. Oh, boy. man, he loves it. Yep. He loves it. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Did we go like way over on time? Dude. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you're just gonna I'm edit low. it into an hour. We've we've had well, these things no. last 20 minutes. We've had them last no. two and a half hours. It's. I'm yeah. telling you right now, this is all fucking gold, gold. Well, 11 minutes is not so much. <laughs> two hours of gold. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 So shit. the 11 minutes was condensed, basically Brian talking, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was all my portion. Of it. No, yeah, that, exactly. that was mine. <laughs> you, our, our Brian Gold, our of Eric Gold. That's awesome, man. Mm, Well, where do I rank with like previous guests? Lower middle. Okay, good, good, good. good. So I should go to the mastermind then. Yeah, exactly. Go to the mastermind. Honestly, fucking holy shit. Fucking so much good information all throughout. So honestly, I got to say, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Fucking you're, you're top 10%. I thought I would be number one, but I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so we good? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, so I got to pee. Good. So hey. Eric, let's, let's close this out. Um, <laughs> agents that are agents that are considering that are middle road, considering making a yeah. move. How do they reach you? Uh, what are we going to talk about? How are we going to help them out? What's your TikTok? Yeah. 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 Full name's Eric Ty. TikTok handle is, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, don't lie. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Eric ties the name, uh, 619-882-9776. Email address is uh, full name Eric Ty at kw.com. Uh, holler at me for anything. I, I always tell, you know, potential recruits and agents that are external that, you know, it's not all about recruiting. It's just all about helping each other grow. Totally. Right? If you feel like you are missing in a certain area of your business, reach out. I, I will coach you. I, I will let you know what my agents are doing to make you better. You don't have to join KW. The mastermind sessions, nice. any of our training sessions at the brokerage, you don't need to be a KW agent. You're not going to have a hotshot team leader coming to you after the class going, hey, when are you going to join? That's not the kind of guy I am. I'm, I'm about relationships. I'm, I'm about getting to know somebody first before I even try to recruit them. Because at the end of the day, if I find out on session two or three that – you're out there scamming people. I'm not even going to watch you, right? Mm-hmm. True. But if you ever want a mastermind, if you want a coaching session, if you want to join any of our trainings, holler. Give me a call. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate it. 
Yeah. Thank you. Fucking A. I'm going to end it with a yeah, buddy. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming, dude. In honor dude. of uh, yes, sir. all 17 countries that are listening, <laughs> we're real vets. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Thank you.